Waterman Chris says loud and clear. All right, so let's get started. Now, my plan is to get through this in 60 minutes, 60 to 90 minutes. And then I'm going to put this at the top of my war hoax page on johnthebond.com. And from now on, whenever someone says to me, how can you say that war is a hoax? What do you mean by that? How do you answer all of these uh, questions? Where did my grandfather go if war is a hoax? How come Japan didn't blow the, the lid off the hoax if Nagasaki wasn't really nuked, right? All these questions, I'm going to try and put this presentation together to answer all of these questions and more and your questions in the live chat and get through it in 60 to 90 minutes. That's my plan. So uh, get your questions coming through in the live chat. There's only a couple of moderators in there. I'll ask them, don't ban anybody unless they're clearly trying to disturb the chat or they're clearly trying to be insulting. But other than that, let them ask their questions. Let them ask the most normy, regular, blue-pilled questions, no problem. Let them even get a little bit triggered because if they're just seeing this for the first time, this idea that war's a hoax, it's natural to get triggered by that. If they're a normie, they're going to think that I'm some horrible person or I'm a troll or something. If they're a, a truther, if they already think they're awake, then they're going to think I'm a paid shill sent to discredit them. They're going to be like, oh, no, he's saying this to make us all look bad, right? So whether they're a normie or they're a conspiratard or anything in between, it's natural to get triggered by this. So don't don't uh, ban people just for asking triggered questions. Uh, let them be. Let's try and address all of this in the next 60 to 90 minutes. And we'll see what happens. So today is January 7, 2020. I still can't quite uh, believe that it's 2020. Can you guys believe that? Every time I go to type 20, every time I go to type the date of the year, I'm typing in 2019. I'm like, no, it's 2020. It's difficult for me to believe, but it is the truth. And I'm coming to you from Hanoi in northern Vietnam. And this is my last day in Vietnam. I'm flying out of here tomorrow after six amazing months. Wow, we can't believe it's gone so quickly. And I never would have thought I'd spend so much time here, but I did. And who knows, maybe I'll come back. But uh, one of the great things about visiting Vietnam is that I've been able to visit some of the memorial sites for the war that supposedly took place here 50 years ago, 50 or 60 years ago now. Goodness gracious me. And so in the past, I used to have the people say to me, oh, well, mate, you're in Australia. You know, Australia wasn't invaded, so... Of, you know, of course, you don't believe in war. And I was like, well, firstly, I have been to other countries, but that's all right. How about in the future when I visit some of these war-torn countries? So, yeah, I've been here in Vietnam, and I've seen some of these war memorials or places that are shown as where the bombs were dropped. I've seen them with my own eyes. I've taken photos. I've even taken videos. I'm telling you right now, goodness gracious me, my suspicions... Well, we're going to talk about all of that more over the course of this presentation. So let me give you a quick syn synopsis or overview of what we're going to talk about. We're going to take a look at old mate George Bush. In fact, let's take a look at old Georgie Bush right now and see what he has to say about the terrorists, shall we? Must stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. You see, to the people who know what's going on, this is all a joke, okay? The idea that the lemming masses would believe in terrorists and that there's a war on terror and that there's a war in the Middle East to stop the terrorists, that's all a joke to the people in the know. Now, there are people at the high levels in the know, like these puppets, and of course the people above them, we're not at their level. But we can still be in on the joke. Once we get the joke... We can still be in on it. And once you're in on it, it actually becomes rather funny. I'm going to show you some things today over the course of this presentation 
that perhaps if you saw them through the lens of it's real, you'd be like, oh, that's horrible. That's terrible. You know, it's so dramatic and I'm so sad about all these people who've lost their lives, blah, blah, blah. Once you see it through the war hoax lens, you're like, oh, that's actually pretty amusing what they've done there. Oh, that's These people are comic geniuses, you see. And that's one of the beautiful things about the war hoax. It's a white pill, okay, because we were all programmed at a young age. Every year, yeah, on uh, Remembrance Day is a big one in Australia and many other countries. Every year, as little children, we used to wear these red poppies and we had to stay silent for a minute or two on end, yeah? Little children, you know, so full of energy. Time moves so slow for a child. As you get older, time goes so quickly. But as children, standing there for a minute or two in complete silence, that's a, that's a full-on thing. And what are they being told to do? To mourn millions of dead people who died for them. Yeah? Take a step back and think about the psychological effect that that's going to have on somebody. The psychological effect that it had on you and on me and on everybody that you know around you. We think it's totally normal to do that to children because we went through that. But if you take a step back and think about it, that's pretty full on to tell, to tell a whole bunch of children to sit, stand there in silence, in solemn silence, and mourn the death of millions of people they've never met. People who died for them. Be, be so grateful, little Billy and little Tommy and little Susie. Be so grateful for these millions of men who've died. Just like in the images that you saw in all the movies and TV shows you've been watching. Yeah? That's a full on thing. So it's natural when someone like me comes along and says, no, none of that's real. Those millions of people who you mourned for, they didn't die. And the ones who did die, didn't die in war. And the ones who did die, didn't die for you. They died because they were involved in strategic relocation and demolition. Just like people die on work sites every day. Okay? It's natural to get offended by what I'm saying. But the good, the good news is that by the end of this, or by the end of your investigation, don't, don't just listen to my 60, 90 minutes. Spend your own time. It might take you weeks, months. It took me years, really, to get my head around this. When I first started cluing on to the problems, I didn't go, oh, well, I can see the problems, so now I think it's all fake. No, at first, at first I was like, well, that's a bit suspicious, but I was looking at a whole bunch of different things. So, I mean, you guys know how it is when you start learning that there's this media fakery going on. However you get into all of this, you're bound to look at this topic, this topic, this topic, and, you know, it's like a piecemeal thing. So I started noticing the problem with the V2 rockets back in 2015. But it, it was another couple of years before I really had got my head around, holy crap, they're faking the whole lot. It's not just the V2 rockets, it's the whole lot. That took me a couple of years. And then because I'm one of the very few people talking about some of some of the particular elements of the hoax, when you're out there at the front of the pack saying this, and you've got some people saying, yeah, I can see what you're saying, but you've got dozens, hundreds of other people going, no, nah, you're crazy, you're a bad person, blah, blah, blah. It's it's natural for your mind to still be like, well, this seems ridiculous to me, but maybe I am crazy, you know, so so you just don't press forward with it. So it took me, yeah, years, it took me years. So if this is all new to you, don't think that my job is to convince you in this presentation. No. In fact, it makes no difference to me if you still believe in war five years from now, as long as you're happy. That's what, what should matter to you is if you're happy. So if you're happy believing in war, that's fine. But I think a lot of people are not happy believing in war. They're scared. Right now, they're scared of this uh, Soleimani attack by Donald Trump. And oh, no. Yeah. Is Iran going to respond? Is is Syria going to respond? How about Russia? What if Russia goes on the same side as Iran? We could be on the cusp of World War Three, guys. So people who believe in war, I think they're not really happy on a fundamental level with that belief. They'll defend it because that's what humans do. We defend our beliefs. We post facto rationalize our beliefs. 
But on a fundamental level, I don't think belief in war is, is necessarily a good thing. But that's for you to decide. So we've just looked at Donald Trump telling one joke, deadpan style. You've got to love that. Let's watch this again. Stop the this guy was a talented comedian. I don't care what anybody says. Error. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. Deadpan, guys. I love it. There were times, though, when we can see a more overt comedy routine from George W. Take a look at this. <laughs> Those weapons of mass destruction got to be somewhere. <laughs> nope, no weapons over there. Maybe under here. <laughs> Joking about weapons of mass destruction. The very same weapons of mass destruction that they claimed were there and that they scared you and me. How old was I at the time? Would have been, I don't know, 14 perhaps? 13 or 14? Scaring the whole world about these weapons of mass destruction that never came to fruition. And they're joking about it. So you can see that in a quite literal sense, this is a joke. The question is, how far does the joke go? And what I'm suggesting to you is that the joke goes a lot further than most people could ever possibly imagine. So what we're going to do today is we're going to take a look at... I've got it all ready for us, guys. We're going to take a look at some nuclear tests. I've got some nuclear test footage that we're going to take a look at, guys. We're going to take a look at Dave J, who, better than anybody else I know, can explain to you... When people are like, oh, well... If war's not real, then how come people get injured? He explains it better than anybody I know. We're going to take a quick look at Dave J's work from G2018. So, more than a year ago now. Fantastic stuff. We're going to take a look at the First World War. How did the First World War start, guys? Remember your history from school? What were you taught was the reason that the First World War started? We're going to take a look at Franz Ferdinand's car. This amazing coincidence with Franz Ferdinand's car. We're going to take a look at Suleiman, this Suleiman attack, which for me is like a gift from God, okay, because I'm, as far as I'm aware, I'm the only person out there talking about the war hoax the way I do. Dave J talks about it, but he's not as active as I am. Some of the members of my website, they've got their own websites now where they talk about this kind of thing, which is awesome. But apart from a very small group of us, there's not many people talking about the war hoax. So as we enter 2020, another election year, and we've got this war nonsense going on, this is like a gift from above for me because I'm the guy who talks about war being a hoax and I have been doing this for years now. So I'm basically at the front of this thing. So the more nonsense they give us, like this Suleimani attack, the better for me. Because I'm the one sitting here going, guys, see what I've been saying? Look at this ridiculous... Do you actually believe this was hit by a missile or by a drone struck? Do you believe that? Look at it. How, how silly would they have to make this before you'd go, no, nah, that's clearly not real, Okay. Look at it. If this isn't silly enough, what if they added in, I don't know, a couple of clown wigs in there somewhere? Would that make it silly enough or would you still be defending it? Oh, well, JLB, like, you don't know what a drone strike looks like, mate. Like, maybe there are clown wigs sometimes. You know, how, how silly does it have to be? Do you believe this nonsense? We'll take a look at the V2 rockets. Now, this is what got me looking at the war hoax originally back in 2015. Because... That was around the time when the scale of the Apollo fakery became clear to me back in 2015. I learned about the, the baby hoaxes, like the Boston hoaxathon in about 20, late 2013, 2014. But it wasn't until 
well into 2014, maybe even 2015, that I came to learn just how fake the the moon the moon landings were, which got me looking into Apollo and into Werner von Braun. And then I learned that Werner von Braun was supposedly responsible for the V2 rockets. Now, by this stage, I'd worked out that the Apollo missions were a hoax. So it seems natural to me. Well, I guess I'll just go and look at the V2 rockets. I mean, were they real? And what I discovered, we're going to talk about this today in this presentation. What I discovered was that the V2 rockets are almost quite literally painted like clown rockets. Now, why might that be? Well, what I did back then was I went to the Queensland State Library at the time I was living in Brisbane, Australia. And I thought I'm going to go and, and hire all the or rent or um, borrow all of the, the books that I can that will give me information and images of the V2 rockets. That's the kind of research I was doing at the time. And to cut a very long story short, it was starting to dawn on me. You know, when you start to have those moments where you're looking around, you're looking around, you're going, this is this is the evidence, guys. This is what we all believed. Goodness gracious me. So I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the V2 rockets because this, for me, was like my one of my entry points into understanding the what I call the war hoax. And then for a bit of fun at the end, we're going to take a look at old Kim Jong-un, I think is the current puppet's name. I always confuse Il and Un. So we're going to take a look at one of his military parades, and we're going to see if you notice a few things. In fact, I'll give you a little teaser right now. Tell me what you notice about the footage right here. Uh, for those, and by the way, I'm going to release this as an MP3. So for those of you who are listening, you might be thinking, oh, will I miss out? A lot of what I'm going to talk about will be based on the footage and the photos on the screen, but I will do my best to explain what's on the screen. So if you're just listening, you won't be missing out on too much. Okay, this is a, a video presentation, but I'll do my best to make sure that you don't miss out on too much. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, guys. And I am speaking very fast, and uh, my voice might go on me during the presentation, but I want to keep this to 60 to 90 minutes. I'm going to do my best to do that. So that's the introduction. Let's go and check out the comments, see what's going on there. We've got about 30 people watching live right now. Hello to all of you. This is going to be quite a stream, quite a chat. Get your questions coming through. I'll do my best to answer them. Let's take a look. Wardman Chris says 60 minutes, lol. He knows that I've got a bad habit. If I set myself 30 minutes, it becomes a 60-minute video. And he can see this might be a long presentation, but I'm going to do my best, guys. I'm going to do my best. Wardman Chris says that people get very upset with him for not showing deference to the men and women in costume. This is a big part of the programming. It's like, if you don't... There's a there's a funny scene in uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David where the exact same thing happens. Everyone's... Like, there's a group of them and some military dude walks in and everyone's like, oh, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. And Larry's like, nice to meet you. And of course, that's a massive social faux pas because, no, you have to... You have to treat these people like gods. They look at the great sacrifice they made. Now, that's not quite as much of a problem in Australia, but I know that in the US it's a big deal. The the brainwashing is is huge for you guys. Every time I watch the Super Bowl, because most years I do watch the Super Bowl, the, the amount of pro-military programming is just through the roof. And I'm like, do you guys go through this all the time? I mean, even just the whole idea of hand on your heart at a baseball game or whatever. Yeah, the whole nationalism, patriotism, uh, pro-military sentiment, that the brainwashing for Americans is phenomenal. In fact, I'm, I'm impressed how many of the, the members of my site and just my audience in general, how many of the Americans have been able to see the war hoax because it's a topic where I wouldn't blame anyone. Even if they can see so many other hoaxes, the war hoax for Americans, I think, would be very difficult 
just because of the levels of programming that uh, they tend to receive through through school, through sport, and just through social conditioning. Now, let's see. Oshiro 6 says that Aaron Dover used to talk about the fake nukes. Whatever happened to Aaron Dover, I wonder? He had some good stuff back in the day, and then someone tried to tell me that he was dead, and I'm like, really? Is that true? It's bizarre stuff. Aaron Dover did have some good stuff back in the day. I even mirrored one of his videos. I used to have a backup channel where I'd mirror other people's videos if they gave me permission, which he did. And I don't know whatever happened to, to Aaron Dover. But yeah, there are a few people who talk about fake nukes. And what's interesting to me is how many people in the some of the circles I mix in, they know about fake nukes, but they still believe war is real. And it's like, well, hold on. How, how can you have fake nukes in real war? doesn't make any sense, does it? Well, it doesn't make any sense to me. We will talk about that as we progress through the chat. So, guys, any questions, get them through quickly, because otherwise I'm going to get straight into presentation mode. So it is, uh, like I said, January 7, 2020. Big year coming up ahead, guys. Another election year. I remember in 2016 how obvious it was to me that Trump was just another puppet. Not because there's anything wrong with Trump, but they're all puppets. This is obvious. And people who... I had built up good rapports with and people who seemed to be on a level, I saw some of them gravitating towards the Trump train. And I'm like, bro, you you know this is all nonsense, don't you? Uh, no, they didn't. In fact, in one or two instances, I even got the impression that people who I was on good terms with, people I'd spoken with, were starting to view me as a paid shill, like an anti-Trump shill, for speaking ill of Trump. Like I could almost detect it in their voice. And it's like, bro, you, you know this is all fake. What are you what are you talking about? But no, they got sucked into the Trump thing. And I guarantee you this will happen again, okay? People who seem like they know what's going on, people who seem like they've worked it out, people who have told you previously, oh, of course, it's all theater, they'll get sucked into the tribalism. Because humans are tribal creatures. Humans are incredibly tribal creatures. And they love getting involved in uh, dichotomies. They love getting involved in battles. In-group, out-group. Good guys, bad guys. Red team, blue team. They love it. it. And by they, I mean us. There's We have a natural instinct towards it, for better or for worse. And so otherwise seemingly logical people, as the election campaign builds up, will start getting sucked into it. And then as the pro-Trump memes start doing the rounds, and as the anti-Bernie uh, memes start doing the rounds, people will, will find themselves subconsciously drawn to the the fun of picking a side and joining a side. It'll happen all over again. And then regardless of who wins the election, whatever these people bought into, whatever they allowed themselves to believe, won't come to fruition. These people will be like, oh, I can't believe I was fooled again. They might like they might say that externally, they might say it internally, I'm not going to be fooled again. And that'll stay true for about three years until next time, okay? Humans are nowhere near as intelligent as we've been led to believe. That's one of the biggest hoaxes, in fact in the world today is we've been convinced that humans are intelligent. You know, the other creatures, they're stupid or they're much stupider than us, but we were intelligent. We're rational, logical. We base our beliefs on evidence. We're reasonable. All of these things, that's a complete hoax. Most humans are not logical at all, at all, the vast majority of them. And then even the ones who, who do possess some capacity for critical thought, still prone to to all of the, uh, the tribalism and illogical uh, behaviors that that are part of the human existence. When you stop seeing humans as logical creatures, when you start seeing them as emotional creatures, things begin to make a lot more sense. 
So let's take a look at the live chat. About 40 people in there right now. Thank you for all the comments. I'll read your questions once we get through the next part of the presentation. So one of the criticisms that comes my way is, oh, JLB, you put your stuff behind a paywall. You put your stuff behind a paywall. Now, I do have a membership section. However, there's literally hundreds of hours of free material on my website, which is hundreds of hours more than I ask of anybody else. I don't say to anybody else, you owe me your work. That video that took you two hours to make, you owe it to me for free. I don't say that about anybody, right? So I've literally got hundreds of hours of free material that anyone can access right now. Took me, if you, if you were to add up all the hours that it took me to produce this content and to upload it and do the artwork for it, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of hours of my life and it's there available for free. And the war hoax is a great example. The majority of my material in the war hoax is available for free. So there's a link in the info box below to the war hoax page at johnthebond.com. Let's take a quick look at some of the material that you can see there. I recently released the white pill of the day, Iran war hoax, where I talk about this Soleimani strike, which was a complete hoax from start to finish. That is available for free. Weapons of mass destruction in Iraq was a hoax. So what? In this one, I look at the weapons of mass destruction lie that many people seem to have forgotten about. Quite bizarre when you think about it. How Orwell's 1984 might change your life. In the book 1984, there are direct references to fake missile technology or to fake bomb technology. Okay, in the book, in the text. So there's all these people out there who pretend as though they know what's in the book. It's clear they haven't read it because they don't know any of the red pill truths that are in that book. That book is full of red of red pill truth bombs. Okay, straight up, not just one or two, but in some parts of the book, it's every page. There's more red pill truths. So when I speak to someone who pretends they know, but then I hear them speaking in ways where clearly they didn't get it, it's like, you didn't actually read the book though, did you? You've just heard someone else talk about it. So in that particular video, I, I use the war hoax as an example of what's actually in 1984. How can normies explain this, which is currently like the welcome video on my YouTube channel. I look at the Franz Ferdinand car coincidence, which we're going to take a look at later in this presentation, so I won't go into too much more detail there. In North, and this is all free, by the way, guys. These are all the free videos, and these videos generally take me a long time to make. Even just a five-minute video takes me a long time to make. This is all free. North Korea develops nuclear suitcase bomb. I take a look at the film Wag the Dog from 1997. Robert De Niro, uh, William H Macy. Who's that guy from The Rain Man? I forget his name. Dustin Hoffman. Kirsten Dunst is in there as a crisis actress. Kirsten Dunst is in Wag the Dog and she plays a crisis actress. Straight up. Like, that's not even my interpretation of what it is. That's literally what happens in the film. They uh, they film her uh, as she's supposedly in Albania as like a... She's under attack. Yeah. And then they start to edit things in onto the screen. The Dustin Hoffman character is the producer and he's acting as like the director in this fake war. He's been contracted, he's been tasked with faking a war. So they've got this scene with the Kirsten Dunst character, and she's meant to be like this uh, victim of this bombing. And so Dustin Hoffman's like, can we, you know, I think we need a Coleco cat. Yeah, make her hold a cat. You know, so now she's, now it's not just some poor, poor Albanian woman that's being bombed. It's a woman with a cute cat, right? That's what they depict in Wag the Dog. There's even a scene, <clears throat> pardon me, there's even a scene where the Dustin Hoffman character's like, 
if we fake this war, what about the public? Like, aren't the public going to find out that, that we fake the war? He's like, they've got to know at some point. And then the Robert De Niro catcher was like, they got to know. Stan, get with it. Who do you think killed Kennedy? I read the first draft of the Warren Report. It says he was killed by a drunk driver, right? And then the Robert De Niro character goes on to explain to the Dustin Hoffman character that the first Gulf War, all the footage of the bombs, they faked all that footage, right? This is what happens in the film Wag the Dog. 1997, all-star cast. Why would they... What do you think is going on in that film? All right, well, I use that as a, as a way to explore this idea that this guy, Kim Jong-un, is, is nothing more than a puppet, which we're going to take a look at later in this presentation. Navy veteran dismantles the war veteran hoax. Again, we're going to take a look at that in this presentation. Ah, missiles are hoax. Now, this one's very controversial. Even among people who agree with me that war itself is a hoax, a lot of them are like, oh, nah. Of course missiles are real. You know, you, it's, you, can, you can make a, a missile at home with a bottle rocket. I have people tell me this all the time. You can make your own missile with a bottle rocket. It's like... You think a bottle rocket in your backyard is analogous to the missiles that we're shown on, on TV. That's the, that's, the, that's the mentality of the people that I'm dealing with here. What I'm suggesting is that for something to fly, it needs to generate lift. That's what I'm suggesting, okay? You can shoot a projectile, but it can't guide itself. It needs to be generating lift to maintain stability, okay? To be flying at, uh, you know, to be flying in a straight line, if you like. No, it requires lift. It can't just do that magically. But that's what we're shown on TV is these missiles that can supposedly just fly through the air, okay, parallel to the ground with no wings. Now, if it's got no wings, how's it generating lift? Well, it's not. So how can it fly parallel to the ground? Now, that was a very simple question that I was asking in these videos. And this was a huge wake-up call for me. I posted these videos a couple of years ago. And the responses I was getting, 9 out of 10, even more than that, maybe 95 out of 100. The, the response well, had nothing to do with the question I was asking. They couldn't even understand the simple concept of, I'm not talking about all missiles. I'm talking about the ones that supposedly fly parallel. Okay, And I went out of my way in that video to explain, those are the missiles I'm talking about. We can talk about the other missiles later. I just want to talk about the missiles that fly parallel to the ground. They have no wings, right? People couldn't get it. Because the average person is dumb as rocks, is the case. Now, you might be thinking, well, I want to see this video. You can, it's free. That's what I'm saying. All these videos are free right now. The War Hoax page on JohnTheBond.com. I made a video saying, hey, the missile hoax, maybe I was wrong. Or I responded to some of the comments that had been left. And then I made a video... Uh, much later, a year later, explaining how that was a huge turning point for me, this uh, missile fakery. Because again, I, I made a video, it took me hours, put together a simple question. Okay, here's what I've noticed. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's my question for you. Give me your thoughts. To see the kinds of responses that came in. Huge eye-opener for me. Huge. Because up until that point, I still didn't quite understand what I was dealing with. This That was a huge stepping stone for me to realize, hold on. These people are not what I thought they were. You see what I'm trying to say? So I made a video all about that. The Matrix, Simulacra, Bordria, and War Fakery. To cut a very long story short, and again, that video is available free. To cut a very long story short, at the start of The Matrix, we see the character Neo. At that time, he's still Mr. Anderson. He's not Neo yet. Played by Keanu Reeves, of course. We see him open a book where he's hiding some uh, some contraband, some discs or something. He opens that book, gives the, the discs to the customers. The book is Simulacra 
and simulation by Baudrillard. Or simulation of simulacra. I always get those two words around the wrong way. But uh, basically, who is who is Jean Baudrillard? Well, he once wrote a book called The Gulf War Did Not Take Place. Okay, there's a... He's now deceased. But uh, there's a guy... There was a big, well-known philosopher in continental philosophy circles, anyhow. Used to travel the world and give lectures. Named Jean Baudrillard. And he wrote a book called Simulation Simulacra, which was apparently one of the inspirations for The Matrix. Okay, his book is even shown in The Matrix as a prop. He wrote a book called The Gulf War Did Not Take Place. The Gulf War Did Not Take Place. Interesting, isn't it? I've actually got a copy of the book. I've read the book. So in that video, I go into some detail about why is all of this so relevant. And let's not forget that Mr. Anderson's passport in The Matrix, in a film that was filmed, what, in the late 1990s? 98, 99, thereabouts. His passport expires on September 11, 2001. Okay. Just a coincidence, the lemmings will tell you. Yeah, maybe. Maybe just a coincidence. And the war skeptic explains why he lost his faith, because that's what it is, guys. The people who will get emotional and who will argue post-facto rationalize, get offended, get moralistic, like, how dare you, how dare you question war? How dare you say these things? The people who get very moralistic about it, it's a faith, isn't it? So in that video, I explain how I lost my faith in the, the war stories that were given. Now, every one of those videos is available completely for free, guys. Every single one of them. So when you hear people going, oh, JLB puts all his work behind a paywall, you're listening to a moron, aren't you? Because, and this is just one topic. I've got tons of topics on the website with tons of free material. And those are just the videos. When it comes to the war hoax, I've got one podcast called The War Hoax. I've got another one where myself, Dante, Fung, Handel, and Mezzi, four of the members of the website, johnlebond.com, the four of them, plus myself and Dave J, discuss the war hoax. That's available for free right now. That was originally released just to members, but now it's available for free. I've got another couple of podcasts there. Okay, one of them is for full members, right? Look at all the material we've gone through that's free. And look, finally, there's one member call that's just for full members, right? Written work. I've got an article about the Trojan War, which was a hoax. You've probably heard of the Trojan War. Complete hoax. I explain that in that article. That article is just for full members. Okay, fair enough. Look at all the free stuff. There's one article that's just for full members. And then there's another piece called Mind Fuhrer, Monster Misunderstood or Complete Hoax. That's for full members. And then a member video. That one's for MOOC members, which costs like six bucks to join. And that's an introduction to the war hoax. So you can see the vast majority of material on that page is available to everyone for free. There's only a few pieces that are only available to members of the website. And when you consider the amount of time and effort that goes into producing all of this content, I don't think any sane person would have a problem with some of it being for the members of the website. Especially when you consider that someone talking about the topics that I talk about is going to get attacked, okay? We, we, we put ourselves out there. We're going to be criticized and we're going to be mocked and people are going to try and embarrass us and blah, 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 right? So you put yourself out there doing what I do. That just comes with the territory, okay? So I put in all the time and effort, and I take the flack that comes with doing what I do, and it's all part of what I do. It's just how it is. I'm not complaining. But the point is, for me to then say, oh, and by the way, I've got this extra material that's just for members. Anyone who has a problem with that is a moron, and that's the best part of having a paywall. It filters out the morons, okay? I never go to someone and say, oh, that thing that you're good at, you owe it to me because you're good at it, right? I don't go to a mechanic and say, "You're, you're very good at fixing cars, and I need my car to work, so you owe me. I never do that. I never 
what kind of a moron would do such a thing? But in the truth scene, it's like, oh, what? You're good at research and making videos? You owe me now. What the fuck? I don't owe you shit. No one owes you anything. You don't owe me and I don't owe you. Okay? And anyone who disagrees with that, moron. Complete moron. So you put a paywall on the website, put out heaps of good stuff for free, and then say there's also some good stuff behind the paywall. And behind the paywall, you can filter out all the lemmings and then you get the good conversation. That's probably the best part of a lot of some of this stuff is the comments. Some of these pieces have dozens of comments, and the only people leaving comments are the members of the site. None of this lemming tier nonsense that you see on YouTube so often. So anyway, that's the uh, that's the Warhoax page at johnlebond.com. Go and check it out. A ton of free videos, guys. A ton of free podcasts. Go and check it out. Warhoax at johnlebond.com. Now, let's go and check on the live chat. Any questions come through so far? John Dope 420 says, according to the mail online, Aaron Dover fell to his death from a friend's Malaysian apartment balcony after smoking cannabis for three decades, which devastated his mind. Is that true? The mail online, is that true? Just give me a second here, guys. Uh, let's see. War hoax. Let me just put that on the screen. Let me go and check on my other browser here. If I Google Aaron Dover, Mail Online Malaysia Cannabis Smoking City Worker Sorry for the dead ear here guys I'm just reading this article on Mail Online and they're trying to ping me because I'm using an ad blocker Okay well you can see it on the screen that it's there but it's being pinged by the ad blocker but I can read it on my other web browser because I don't have an ad blocker on that So this says former city worker 42 who smoked cannabis for three decades, fell to his death after drug devastated his mind. Cambridge-educated IT expert Aaron Dover worked for banks including Goldman Sachs. Three years of psychotic episodes isolated him from his wife and family. He locked himself inside his friend's home in Malaysian capital Kuala Lumpur and fell from balcony. Wow, they've got a photo of him. Very interesting. What's this uh, article dated? October 7, 2017. Well, that is fascinating. For those of you who don't know who Aaron Dover is, a few years ago he was putting out like um, like videos on some of the topics that I would cover. You know, like for example, he once put out a video saying that volcanoes are a hoax. Now, I've never made a video saying that volcanoes are a hoax, but this idea of looking at Anything on the TV, anything on the telescreen saying, well, maybe it's real, but maybe it's a hoax. There's not many people who can do that. Even people who think they're awake still can't do that. It's still, no, no, you can't question that. You can question that shooting, but you can't question natural disasters, for instance, right? Like, it's not necessarily a conscious thing either. It's, it has to do with how their, how their mind works. Only a a small uh, percentage of people alive today have the capacity to look at something and go, I'm going to entertain the possibility that's a hoax, right? The TV is very powerful, incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful. Most people have, their their mind is no match for it. Aaron Dover was one of these people who could actually go, you know what, maybe that's fake. Now, some people used to criticize him because he would go too far. He'd be like, yep, volcanoes are a hoax. But the thing is, if you you take what they're saying as just a way to uh, have a thought experiment, to be like, well, maybe it's a hoax, I'm going to think about it then they're still valuable. The work is still valuable, even if you disagree with it. So I found some of his work valuable. But um, I do remember there was some issue with him. He might have even 
I can't remember if he left a negative comment towards me or something. I don't really remember. But, um, yeah, I, I wasn't really paying attention to his work at the end of 2017. It might have been because he was still involved with Flat Earth. And I just stopped paying attention to everybody. But, uh, but yeah, I heard rumors that he, he'd passed away, but I don't know if I'd seen this article before. I don't think so. It doesn't ring a bell. So that's very interesting. Sad, sad news if true. Sad news if true, but how would we know? Do you know what I mean? How would we know? But uh, anyway, let's get back. And, and the, the, the reason why we're talking about Aaron Dover is because someone in the live chat mentioned Aaron Dover talking about the war hoax. So when I said earlier, there's not many people talking about the war hoax, there isn't. Uh, Aaron Dover, I don't remember his videos about the war hoax, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if he did do videos on that topic. Because like I said, he's one of these people, he was one of these people who was able to look at any anything on TV and go, well, maybe that's a hoax. Which like I'm trying to explain to you, not, not many people can do that. Even if they think they're awake, they still can't do it. Even if they try, they can't do it. Such is the power of the simulation, the simulacra, right? Such is the power of this matrix reality in which we live, right? They, people can know they've been lied to about this shooting or about this moon landing, but the idea they're being lied to about war, no, they can't. No, the, the program is too deep. Now, let's go and take a look at some nuclear testing, guys. You're going to enjoy this. Before I go and check that out, let's just take a look at the live chat. I want to make sure you guys are included in all of this. Any questions, get them through, and I'll do my best to answer. Let's take a look. A lot of emoticons in the chat, guys. Uh, you're welcome to use the emoticons, but me personally, I'm one of those less is more types of people. Emoticons have more power when they're used sparingly. You know what I mean? By the way, John Doe 420, thank you for awareing me of that of that article. Like I said, I don't think I've seen it before. I might have, but I don't think so. Source Error says that North Korea is a Globe Theatre production. Yeah, I believe so. We're going to talk about that later in this presentation. Senseless says that Tesla rockets can fly backwards. I'm not talking about the Tesla hoax today. However, I am the world's leading Tesla skeptic, as you're well aware. In fact, I think I'm the only Tesla skeptic at the moment, apart from Eddie Bravo. I did see Eddie Bravo uh, talk about Tesla potentially not existing a year or two ago. So that's pretty cool. And I did discuss the Tesla hoax with Greg Carwood on my interview on THC back in, uh, what, September, October of 2018. So about about 15, 16 months ago. So uh, so credit to Greg Carwood for having the, the courage to, to broach such a topic. And he was pretty cool on that topic. He, he knew a few things as well, which is impressive. So you've got me, the researcher on the Tesla hoax. I went on TAC. Greg spoke about the topic, which is cool. Many of his um, members on, on the member side of his website were pretty cool as well, which I was pleasantly surprised by. Because Tesla's like a messiah in the conspiracy subculture. So I was not expecting that to go down very well, but I was pleasantly surprised by the response from uh, from Greg's members on the on the paywall section of his site. It's the same with his website as my website. The discussion is better behind the paywall because it filters out the trash, okay? Anyone who is like, no, you owe me. You, you, you're good at this, so you owe me. That person's probably trash, okay? So they're not getting through the paywall. The people on the other side of the paywall tend to be higher quality people, higher quality thinkers. And so behind the paywall on uh, on THC, there was like a hundred comments left on on my appearance on THC. Some appearances get uh, 10 comments, 20, 30, 40. I think mine got close to 100 from memory. I haven't checked for a while, but yeah, I thought people would hate my Tesla stuff. I even said to Greg, are you sure you want to talk about the Tesla hoax? I'm pretty sure most of your audience love Tesla. 
And he was like, nah, they're more open-minded than you think. Just tell us what you know and, and let's see what happens. And yeah, he was right. His audience was way cooler about it than I expected. But uh, but yeah, my point is there's no one else doing the Tesla stuff apart from me and Eddie Bravo. But he's not really a researcher. He just talks about it. So, so yeah, I think I'm the world's only Tesla skeptic, which makes me the best by default. But I'm not talking about that today uh, because I'm already way behind schedule talking about this uh, war hoax. So what else have we got in the live chat? A whole bunch of emoticons. Elon, okay, so Dante says Elon, main character in Von Braun's book. Yeah, so Werner Von Braun published a book about Mars back in like, it might have been the 1930s or 40s, don't quote me, maybe the 50s, but we're talking decades and decades and decades ago. We're talking a long time ago. And yeah, one of the main characters' name is Elon. Now, someone comes back to me like, oh, that's just a coincidence. Look, if it was a one-off, fine. But the number of so-called coincidences involved in the Grand Theater, the Grand Theater to do with space, the Grand Theater to do with war, the Grand Theater to do with terrorism, the number of so-called coincidences, no, no, it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. So thank you for the comment, Dividante. All right, so let's get back on with the presentation then, guys. If you're joining us late, it is January 7, 2020. I'm John LeBond coming to you from Hanoi. Today we're talking about the war hoax, with the background context being this Soleimani strike by Donald Trump, and a lot of people coming to me and going, JLB, if war is a hoax, then where did my grandfather go? He never came back. If war is a hoax, how come the other countries haven't spilled the beans? If war is a hoax, then, you know, I get a lot of these questions, and fair enough, fair enough. I'm doing my best to address them today. So let's take a look at some terrifying nuclear test footage, guys. Let's take a look at this. The music's silly, so I'll just mute it. Take a look at this, guys. Take a look at this nuclear test footage. This is what convinced the world that the authorities have nuclear bombs. Alright? What do you notice when you watch this? How about this one? Take a look at this. Right? This is meant to be... Let me go to full screen for this, guys. Right? For those of you listening, we're about to watch footage of what's supposed to be a nuclear bomb... It looks more to me like a sunrise, guys. What do you say? And the sunrise disappears and we've got the stars in the background. Right? This is black and white footage. It's being passed off as nuclear bomb tests. Really? This is meant to be a nuclear bomb, is it? Anyone who looks at this will go, well, that's just bad special effects, isn't it? I mean, just bad special effects. And the question is, why do they, why did they come up with this fake footage if they had real nuclear bombs? Right? Like, what, what's, the, what's the point of this fakery? And how come people still believe the fakery to this day? That's my question for you. Let's take a look at some more nuclear bomb footage. Take a look at this. This is meant to be uh, a nuclear test where they had some houses and some cars on a site somewhere in Nevada, I think. And a nuclear bomb went off and they had cameras on the houses and on the cars to test what would happen if they got hit by a nuclear bomb. Wow, look at that. Trucks getting all smoked up, and then gets hit by the blast wave. Now, when I look at that footage, you know what I think of? I think of Terminator 2. Let's take a look at this right now. This is the nuclear blast scene from Terminator 2. Check this out. Right? Take a look at this. Whoa! Bus gets hit, and then it gets hit by the blast wave. Right? 
Now, let's go back and take a look at the real footage. Okay, this is real footage, guys. Now, let's take a look at the... And everybody accepts that Terminator 2 is not a... Re- it's, it's a movie. Everybody accepts that. So, let's take a look at the fake footage of a bus being hit by a nuclear bomb. Whoa. Look. First the heat and then the blast wave, guys. Wow. Now, let's take a look at the real footage of a bus being hit by a nuclear bomb. The heat. And then the shockwave, guys. How about that? Let's take a look at some more footage. This is from Nevada. This is from that same 1955 testing I was telling you about. And this is all available on YouTube, guys. Anyone can check this out for themselves. This is meant to be real footage of real nuclear testing, guys. The flash, the smoke... And then the blast wave. Look at that. Whoa, look at that house get all smoky. And then kaboom, kablamo, wowee. Now, you know what I think when I look at this footage? Where's the camera situated? Alright, this was a, a blast wave that was knocking out over a house and then uh, the house got sucked back towards where the blast had come from, right? Where's the, where's the camera sitting for all of this? Do you ever think, do you ever wonder about that? Do you ever wonder about, well, hold on, where's the, where's the camera? Hmm? Same with this. Where's the camera? Like, whoa! Kaboomy kablamo, whoa! The camera didn't even move in that particular footage. Did it? How's that even possible? If this is a real detonation of any kind, right? If this is a real detonation of any kind, how could the, nuclear or otherwise, how could the, the blast wave do that? to the truck and do nothing to where the camera sits, which is right near the truck? These are the kinds of questions that I wonder, right? So take a look at this. How was the Terminator 2 Holocaust scene made? They call it a Holocaust. That's interesting. Let's take a look at this then, right? How did they do that bus scene? After Cameron called on the special effects artist at Forward Productions, vast cityscapes were built in tremendous detail. Oh, they made a little scale model. For the sole purpose of destroying them. Look at this. Giant air blowers were used. So what I'm showing, those of you listening to the MP3, I'm showing footage from the behind the scenes of Terminator 2 Judgment Day, how they put together that scene, that nuclear scene, where Los Angeles gets nuclear bombed and buildings get smashed and uh, the trees and the bus get blown away. I'm showing the behind the scenes footage of how they made that scene. And it's a, it's a scale model of a road. Now, it's not tiny. It's not like Matchbox toys or um, like the little tiny little cars that kids play with. It's bigger than that, but it's still not the same size as, as uh, real real life, so-called real life, right? So it's somewhere in between scale models. And what they do is they have the bus and the trucks on the roads. And then when it's time for the blast to hit, they use two devices. They use wind, all right, to blow all the debris and then some kind of... Um, uh, wire to pull the bus towards the, uh, the, the side of the camera shot, right? To make it look like it's being blasted away. That's how they make the scene for Terminator 2. Artist at four right, let's take a look at this again. Vast cityscapes were built in tremendous detail for the sole purpose of destroying them. Giant air blowers were used to blow apart the specially constructed miniature buildings, cars, and freeways. Wow, now that's very interesting, isn't it? Now let's go back to the footage of the nuclear testing, the real footage, guys, from Mashable. 
Whoa. I'm sure you can see what I'm getting at here. I'm sure you can kind of see what I'm getting at here. Now, the I guess the central point I'm making is that the world's being convinced that the authorities have nuclear bombs. One of the ways they do that is to show this this footage of nuclear testing. Now, in theory, it could be real, okay? In theory, anything's possible in this crazy world. But as you can see, it's very easy to fake this stuff. Incredibly easy. Incredibly easy. And, and not only that, to my eye, the supposedly real footage looks fake. But even if you think it looks real, you have to accept it can be faked at the very least. You've got to accept it can be faked. Now, going back to Terminator 2, this is very important because a lot of us, especially people my age or even people another 10 years older than me, would have still been very young when they first saw Terminator 2. And so what happened was there was this scene where Sarah Connor is thinking about the future. What's going to happen if, if Skynet gets control of the nuclear bomb codes, right? And she starts to envision this horrible future. I don't think I'll get copyright stri- stricken for this. That's a risk I'm willing to take because this is very important. I'm not just looking at why I think nuclear bombs are fake and why war is fake. I'm also looking at why do people believe it and why do they defend it? What is going on in their minds that they're so certain that nuclear bombs are real or that war is real? I think a lot of programming's been done, a lot of conditioning's been done. And one of the main ways is through blockbuster Hollywood films starring people like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let's take a look at this key scene from Terminator 2. It's two minutes long. Check this out. Sarah Connor's there. She's in the desert. She's watching a mum play with a child. And she's troubled. She's very troubled. What's her name? Linda Hamilton, I think. And uh, she rests her head on the table. Music starts to kick in. The breeze. And now she's walking in a park. I'll go full screen. Excellent sound effects. Brilliant film. Terrifically made film. What sounds like a church choir singing almost. Holy music. Innocent holy music. Kids playing, kids swinging. She knows the future, man. I still get chills watching this. Seriously, I still get chills watching it. I first saw this when I was a kid, a little impressionable kid, and so did many of you. Many of you saw this when you were still so impressionable. Linda Hamilton's twin. According to the official story, that's Linda Hamilton's twin, which is interesting in and of itself. She looks, but she doesn't see. She's playing with a child. And then what happens, man? I saw this when I was a child. Catches fire from the initial blast. Shockwave hits through Los Angeles. This is full on stuff. Red, white, apocalyptic. Children's playground being smashed up. 
That's full on. Now, you might say, oh, it's just a movie, JLB. Yeah, I know it's just a movie. It's a movie that you're watching at, what, 30 frames a second or thereabouts back in the day? These days at, what, 60 frames a second? Back then, let's just say it's 30 frames a second. So if you watch even one minute of nuclear disaster, just do the math. At 30 frames a second times 60 seconds, you're looking at close to 2,000 images, right? Close to 2,000 images in just one minute have been beamed into your head. Think about it, 30 frames a second, right? One minute, right? 1,800 images, and that's for one minute. That's a two-minute clip. But let's just say there's one minute of nuclear, right? You're talking 1,800 images in your head, right? Rounded to 2,000. 2,000 pictures of nuclear disaster into your head while they've got the, the soundtrack. So they've got the, like the holy music, but then they've still got that same, I don't know the word for it, but like a choir singing. So it goes from like holy to like demonic. They've got the screaming. They've got the kids screaming. They've got the explosions all going on at the same time while all these images are being blasted into your head. It doesn't matter if you know it's just a movie. It doesn't matter. It's having an effect on your mind. And I believe it had an effect on my mind as well. And on millions of people who saw the film. Now, I'm not saying that that was the purpose of the film. I'm not saying that uh, James Cameron or whoever was responsible for this film, they made it to program people. I'm not saying it's necessarily an intentional thing. That's not the issue. Whether it's intentional or not, it's the effect that matters. And I'm putting to you that that's what's happened to a lot of us. We've been programmed. And this is just one film. How many films have you seen with nuclear disaster? It's probably difficult to count, isn't it? This might be one of the more overt examples, one of the more easy-to-recall examples, but if you're a heavy movie watcher, which most people are, and certainly when I was younger I was, who knows how many nuclear disasters you've seen on in movies, TV, TV shows, uh, all these kinds of things. That's programming, if you ask me. That's programming. So let's go and take a look at the comments. 50 people watching live. Good to have you all here. I'll get those questions coming through. I'll be more than happy to answer them, guys. Get the questions coming through. I'll be more than happy to answer. Someone liked your comment, says that Aaron Dover did once mention in passing that Tesla may have never existed. That doesn't surprise me. Again, Aaron Dover had the, the mind that's capable of questioning any narrative on the telescreen. And, and many of you have that, which is why you're in the live chat. Many of you in the live chat don't have that, though. If you did have that, you would have already started questioning at least nuclear bombs for yourself. So if the idea of questioning that is going too far, then at this point in time, there's, there are things that your mind isn't actually capable of questioning. For whatever reason, I've just given you one, one of my explanations as to why that might be. Thirst for Truth says that the camera is always nuke-proof. Cubstar says, oh, I wonder why the camera doesn't move. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm wondering. Why doesn't it move? They Lie We See says, yeah, a steady cam, so to speak. Very nice. Someone like your comment says, Nikola Tesla was an archetype, the electric wizard. He is not the only one. Andrew Cross died before Nikola Tesla was born. Interesting character. I never get to mention. Look him up. I haven't heard of him. If I listen back to this, I'll, I'll make a note of the Andrew Cross idea or that, that name and I'll look into it. But yeah, Nikola Tesla, the electric wizard. You think of all the technology that we have and how much it's changed our lives, even just in my lifetime, how much things have changed. So going back decades, this idea that, that this alien technology, and by alien I mean it's not from here, 
All right? I mean from extraterrestrial, but I mean it's not natural, okay? You have a, a town of people who all know each other and who, when the sun goes down, either spend time with their family or they go to sleep, or maybe they hang out in a barn with uh, candle lighting or something. All of a sudden, you introduce electricity, and over time, people are now listening to the radio. They're now using electric light. They're now... Uh, getting transmissions across the television, ideas are being broadcast to their children, right, from some third party that they have no control over. All of this change, where does it come from? Oh, guys, it comes from people like Nikola Tesla, the great inventor. There are all these genius inventors who just want to make the world better. That's where the technology comes from, right? This archetype plays a very important role in helping to normalize what is a very unnatural thing. Technology. And that's not me saying technology is a bad thing. I'm just trying to point out that the change has been remarkable. You guys all know that. It's been phenomenal, truly phenomenal. And where does the technology come from? Don't worry, guys. Just from just from really clever inventors who just want to make the world a better place. Okay, sure. No problems. Uh, Nathan Oakley says that this scene won a visual effects award. Good. Deserves it. It's very well done. Oregon D says John Connor, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's interesting. There are a lot of films where one of the main characters or the, protag- the protagonist has a name with the initials JC. Another one is Jim Cole in the film 12 Monkeys. 12 Monkeys. It's just a sensational film. Underrated film. We did an analysis of that at JohnTheBond.com. Sometimes we do movie analysis where myself and some of the members get together and we do a about a two-hour esoteric analysis of a film. And we looked at 12 Monkeys a couple of months ago. And, uh, yeah, the, the Jim Cole character, who, is he really going back and forwards through time? How does he seem to know what's going to happen? How did he know that the boy uh, who fell down the well or who was stuck in the barn, how did he know it was all a hoax? Is he really a time traveler? JC. And, of course, he was sent to do what? To gather information to help humanity. The Jim Cole character, JC. Happens in, in quite a few films. That's just one off the top of my head. But yeah, you're quite right. John Connor, same thing in, uh, in Terminator. Senseless says, look up Galen Windsor. My understanding is a story is that he's a guy who claims he can eat nuclear material. I've heard of him. Nathan Oakley says that that scene was deemed to be very realistic according to the nuke experts. Yeah. It was, wasn't it? Very realistic according to the nuke experts. Let me just see what's on my screen here. Let's fix this up. That's better. That's more accurate, I think. Very nice. Let's have a look. Lots of questions coming through, guys. I appreciate it. I'll get back on with the presentation in just a moment. Uh, let's see. Is JLB saying they made this film to program people? <laughs> Is that what he's saying? Original simulant. Uh, if you are into the film, or if you like the book or the film... A scanner darkly. I'll put a link in the info box of this to a discussion that original simulant OS, as I call him, had with uh, a young fellow in the last couple of days where they did a two hour analysis of just the first two chapters of a scanner darkly. A scanner darkly, if you haven't seen it, awesome film. And sometimes I do think to myself, like, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? Like, all of this information that I'm learning and all of these ideas that I'm trying to share, but but for what purpose? You know what I mean? And I don't mean for what purpose is in on oh, my YouTube channel or my website, but I mean is in like why do I feel compelled to do this and who's really benefiting from it? And 
I probably should give a bit more context to that. When, when I first got into all of this, it was because of either the Boston hoaxathon or the event, which I don't talk about anymore, where supposedly some bad guy killed a lot of innocent children in a school in Connecticut. That's all I'll say. It was one of those two events. And and I found this video on YouTube. I don't know how... The, the video found me. I don't know if it was an autoplay from some other video I watched or if someone had uh, embedded it in a forum, some other random forum that I was reading. But somehow I found myself watching a video talking about crisis acting and about fake uh, smoke bombs. I think this was late 2013. And of course, that set me on a path where now in 2020, so so more than six years later, that's a huge chunk of my life, guys. Even if I walked away from this tomorrow, that'd still be a huge chunk of my life that's been directly affected by a video on YouTube that found me. I didn't, I didn't, know, I didn't even know what a crisis actor was. I didn't go looking for it. I'd never heard of a smoke bomb, right? So, so this idea that the internet, some way or another, has a way of pulling people into uh, these kinds of subcultures and these kinds of discussions. Like, do you ever wonder what is above, what is above the internet? Do you know what I mean? Do you ever, do you ever wonder about the power the internet has to influence our lives? I don't mean in terms of, hey, I'm doing a live stream right now and I'm here in Hanoi and all these things. I mean, like, in terms of the direction of our life. And so, uh, a scanner darkly, if, if you're familiar with the plot line of that film, it's like, who are we really working for? And I don't mean that as in terms of our real jobs, or if you have a YouTube channel or a website like me, our YouTube channel and website working for ourselves. And I mean as in what is guiding this? What is guiding all of this and for what purpose? So if you're interested in any of that or in a scanner darkly, check out the chat that I always had with uh, a guy who calls himself Niam, I think. I'll put a link to that in the info box below. Always good to see you in the live chat. Sorry about the dead air, guys. I'm, I'm doing my best here. Halister Kane says, Well, I'll be. Greetings from New York. AC, it's good to see you in the live chat. Haven't seen you around for a little while. And uh, I won't say too much in this stream because time is getting away from us. But we should uh, we should touch base soon, I think. It's very good to see you there. Very good. You've just made my night, basically. So, hope you're well. 54 people watching live. Let's get on with the presentation then, guys. Thank you for bearing with me. I'm doing my best right now. Probably should have had a glass of water handy, but I'll keep going until until I need a, a drink of water. So we've looked at the nuclear element. So let me put it to you like this. If you still believe in nukes, that's fine, but most of you don't. Now, if you've been told that Hiroshima and Nagasaki were bombed with atomic bombs, but you know that nukes are fake, or you believe, like I do, that nukes are fake, how does that make sense? Did, you, did the Japanese not know that they had been hoaxed, hmm? Or, or was the top leadership in on it, but not the not the generals? Or were the generals in on it, but not the people below them? Or at, at what level did the hoax become real to people? Do you think? Hmm. Think just think through it, because one of the big problems with the war hoax, people still believe in geopolitics. People still believe that the nations are controlled by different people, which is not the case. And has not been the case for as long, as far back as my research has revealed to me. Okay? Maybe there was some time in the long, long ago. But all the research I do in all different areas all leads back to this idea that whoever's in charge has been in charge the whole time. 
the whole time. Okay, the whole time. There's no uh, one world government coming. There's a one world government here right now, which is why I can go to an ATM in Hanoi, put in my Australian F-Post, uh, my Australian bank card, and withdraw Vietnamese dung. And then tomorrow, when I get to Thailand, I can go to a Thai ATM and pay the ridiculous fees that they charge foreigners. Don't even get me started. But my, once once the card is in there, I can press the buttons and take out Thai bar. And so can you. And so can anyone. We can, we can do this all over the world, guys. And we've got these bank accounts with all these ones and zeros. There's no... The, the amount of actual currency in the world does not make up for the amount of... Uh, the amount of ones and zeros in our bank accounts, does it? No. So it's basically like digital monopoly money, and it works all over the world. Now, how could that be possible if the world is run by different people? Just think through this logically. Just think through it logically. There's one group of people in charge, and it's been that way for my entire life, for your entire life, and at the risk of getting into history hoax territory, which is a different topic for a different day, for as far back as we have any evidence. Okay, there's one group in charge. But if you still believe, oh no, the Russians are against the America, if you still believe that, then you'll never understand the war hoax. You can't. It's impossible. Because in your mind, it's like, no, they would dob on each other. How could the US get away with faking space? Wouldn't the Russians dob them in? That's that's going to be the, the natural thought process. And I get it. I totally get it. Right, so let's move on now to the Dave J war veteran hoax. Now, I'm just going to play a couple of minutes of this. And I need you in the live chat to let me know if it's too loud, because when I played this same clip previously, it was a little bit too loud. So let me know in the live chat if this is coming through at the right uh, volume. This is Dave J discussing the war hoax, and he gets a very good question from Dante from New York, who's a member of my website at johnthebond.com. There's about, uh, and it depends on which membership tier you're talking about, but there's the best part of 100 members on johnthebond.com right now. It varies. It's been above that uh, amount before. It's been below, but it's around about 90 to 100 members at johnlebond.com right now. And some of them are anonymous and they never leave comments and we don't, you know, we, we don't get to know what they really think. But some of the members are very active and they leave comments. Some of them write articles. Many of them participate in the member calls. So we get this, this large number of people, very intelligent, thoughtful, articulate people, but they don't, they don't all agree with me. Okay. So if I say that war is a hoax, they don't all agree with me. And one of the cool things when we had Dave J as a guest, was four members of the website joined us for the call, and one of them in particular, Dante from New York, he's an open-minded guy, but at least at the time, I don't know about so much today, but at least at the time, he was still more than happy to be like, yeah, okay, you say war's a hoax, but how about this? How about this? And he wasn't doing it to antagonize Dave J. He wasn't doing it to be a contrarian. They were genuine questions that he had about this war hoax idea. So the clip that we're about to listen to is from that discussion, and it begins at the section where Dante says, basically... Uh, and I'm paraphrasing. He says basically, Dave J, you say that nobody dies and nobody gets hurt. However, how about the uh, injured veterans who come back, right? And then Dave J gives a response. Now, for context, remember how I said that almost no one talks about the war hoax? Dave J does. And he was talking about it before me. Now, Dave J claims to have been in the uh, Navy himself. Obviously, I don't know if that's true. But if you spend some time talking about the military with him, He's very convincing in what he knows, at least for me. It seems to me like he knows his stuff. And I've spoken with him about it. I've heard him speaking with other people. I'm, I make the inference that this guy has indeed been in the military. Maybe he's fooling me. But if you want to know more, 
you can go and listen to the full podcast. This one used to be a member call. It's now available completely for free on the Warhoax page of johnthebond.com. Link in the info box below. What we're going to do is we're going to play just a couple of minutes of this clip. And like I said, you're about to hear Dante ask the question and then Dave J give the response. And for more context, this was recorded just after uh, that guy on the screen. Uh, what was his name? The uh, Republican dude who was supposed... John McCain. This was recorded shortly after John McCain had uh, reportedly passed away. So let me know in the live chat if this is coming through at a good volume. And we'll be back in just a minute. With regard to nobody died, nobody got hurt in these wars, what do you say to people with, like, not just on TV, but let's say Vietnam veterans or purported World War II guys that have wounds or, like, I don't know where they received them because I wasn't there, but whether they're in wheelchairs, whether they have shrapnel, um, you know, I've... If like the Wounded Warrior Projects, things, things, those charities of that nature, like, are they all crisis actors? I mean, I'm just curious as to. No, no, they're not crisis actors. What you have is you have with the military, you have a large population of people, and with any large population of people, especially men and the the, the type of work that that military does, which is really construction and fast-moving construction and very dangerous work environments, you're going to have a lot of accidents. You're going to have illnesses. You're going to have uh, deaths in the whole nine yards. However, it's not from war. It's not from two opposing armies shooting at each other. That's the difference. So people get quite confused that that it, it war is a hoax, and when I say war is a hoax, I mean the what, when I say war, that idea that that popped into your head that there's opposing armies facing each other and shooting each other and fighting and bayoneting to the death, that's a lie. That didn't happen. And if somebody comes up to me and says that they were doing it, I'm going to say that you are in fact a liar. You know you're a liar. You are a false witness to murder. However, if you say that you got hurt in a jeep accident. You know, or that you got, uh, you know, this, that, the other thing. Yeah, fine. So what? You can, that can happen in any town, USA or wherever else you're at. Because you're dealing with a very large population of men who are moving, and mostly men, I should say, and, uh, moving around and doing a lot of dangerous work and, and living and breathing in, in, you know, in outdoor environments, especially in the snow and everything else. So yeah, you're going to have, uh, frostbite and things like that again. That's not war, right? Right. But what about the uh, like injuries to that look at least appear to be from explosive devices or from from gunshot wounds? Not like construction. Not that I've seen. No. Not that I've seen. You have. Uh, you have. Well, when we used to throw grenades in the Philippines we had, we used to throw grenades and things would fly onto us, you know, if we didn't throw them far enough, far enough and other things. So there's, there is a chance that you can get hit, uh, from ricochets, from friendly fire, from all kinds of other stuff, because especially if you're doing live fire exercises, accidents can happen. I, I think I need to explain this again to you. The idea that you have two opposing armies, facing off to each other and shooting to kill each other, that is, in fact, a lie. Anyone telling you that that happens is, in fact, a liar. 
And guess what? Those people, those old, those so-called World War II vets and world, uh, I knew them at the VA because I, I have a, a back injury. So it's because I fell on the ship and I, I broke my neck and back. All right. I did, that wasn't during a war. However, it was during a so-called campaign time. But anyway, so I go to the VA from time to time because they send me a, to go in and have it checked out. So I, I go in, I check it out and you have these, these so-called Vietnam vets sitting around there. And you know what they say? They talk to each other. They're like, all right, man, what, when were you in? Oh, I was in this year, that year. And oh, you must have seen some shit, huh? Oh yeah, I've seen some shit. All right, man. See you later. That's their, that's their conversation. Because they know if they had to actually give detail to their conversation, they couldn't. Because they couldn't keep their story straight. Because they would be lying. So that's what you hear. Oh, I, you must have seen some. Yeah. Oh yeah. I saw some shit. That's what you hear, man. And then you have the, then you have, you have the, the, um, the professional veteran. The one who wears this, the veteran hat and the, the, uh, the army fatigues and stuff and sits around the VA hospital. Yeah. Well, what'd you do? I was doing logistics. So you, you, you drove around a truck and dropped off boxes and shit, right? That's what you did. Oh yeah. Yeah. But you know, I was, I was in the Mekong Delta and stuff. Yeah. Dropping off boxes and stuff, right? Oh yeah. So why are you sitting around in a VA center with your little ball cap on acting like you're some sort of hero? Stop it. And not only that, but they just buried some old fossil here in the United States, some John McCain guy. They just buried that corpse, so the news says. And then. Get- so what I'll do is I'll, I'll wrap it up there. If you want to see the rest of that clip or listen to the full podcast, it's all available on the War Hoax page at johnthebond.com, which the link to is in the info box below. And they're free. Like I tried to explain at the start of this presentation, there's a ton of material available for free at johnthebond.com on the War Hoax page. And so he goes on to explain why the uh, John McCain character itself is a deception. What we're told, or especially what the Americans are told about this guy, is a complete load of nonsense. Now, a lot of people have a problem with Dave J, especially a couple of years ago. A lot of people had a big problem with Dave J because, well, a number of reasons. But one of the reasons is because he doesn't go along with other people's agendas. He doesn't go along with other people's ideas of community or family, you know, like, oh, we're a family because we all know the truth. No, he's, he's just, he's a lone wolf, you know what I mean? He's, he's an independent guy. And what you're going to find in this uh, truth scene is that the people who generally, this is a general trend, not always, but generally, the people who are most able to think for themselves and to, and to realize that what's on the screen is not real, and the people who are most willing to say that, to vocalize that, to verbalize that, to explain that to other people, they're also the people who aren't really too worried about what other people think about them. And so they tend to be more volatile or they, they tend to be more abrasive, at least to some people. So with Dave, Jay, I realized years ago, yeah, he's a bit abrasive, but he's got interesting things to say. I want to listen to what he has to say, right? I want to watch his videos. Doesn't mean I'll agree with it all, but he gives me something to think about. So a lot of people don't like Dave, Jay, but I've been one of his supporters for years. And regardless of whether he supports my website or not, uh, that's that's just how it is, and that particular clip I think is brilliant. It's one of my that that clip that you just saw is one of the favorite things that I've done since I've had my own website. Is uh, is that podcast and then putting it into that clip show that those of you watching just saw because I took a whole bunch of stock footage from YouTube and then tried to overlay it at the right time so whatever Dave J was talking about the viewer could see. And uh, yeah, I think that's a very powerful uh, clip. And all the comments that I've gotten 
on both uploads, the original channel upload and, and that one as well, give me the indication that for a lot of people, that clip helps them to think about, well, yeah, actually, these guys, for instance, at the, the VA, whatever that is in America, some place where the veterans go, I suppose. Yeah, like, what, what do we really know about what they saw? You know what I mean? What do we really know? Get you thinking, what do I really know about all of this? So let's quickly go to the live chat comments, then get on with the presentation. Still a lot more to talk about today. Morgan Ellis says, good morning. Thanks for this, JLB. I was just talking to my daughter about this. I will have her watch. Great info. Thank you very much for the kind words. I believe Morgan Ellis is the same Morgan that you can see there on your screen. Let's take a look here. I think that's the same Morgan, one of the recent additions here at johnlebon.com as a full member. And when you sign up as a full member of johnlebon.com, you get full access to the archives. And right now, there's about 170 hours of videos and podcasts available exclusively to full members. About 170 hours, I think. So I remember back at the end of 2016, because you know, like at the end of a, a calendar year, you get reflective, or some people do, I do. I was getting reflective at the end of 2019. Hold on. At the end of 2016, I launched this website and the member page, there was nothing there. And then I added the first member video. And it looks so silly because it's like, member videos. <laughs> and there's just one video. It just looks silly. And then I, and then maybe a few days or a week later, I added a second video. And then over time, I started adding to that uh, member-only page. Now, when you go to it, it's it's too big. I'm going to have to separate it into separate pages. Like, here's the videos. Here's the podcast. Here's the articles. But, um, yeah, it's funny to think how much the site has grown in uh, in three years, uh, three calendar years, I suppose. And, uh, and, yeah, the members have been a huge part of that. Many of the members submit their own articles, and they take part in the member calls. There's been about 30... I think 34, off the top of my head, 34, don't quote me, 34, 35 different people have taken part in a member call over the last three years. So uh, so I'm very grateful for all of that. So if that's the same Morgan who's in the live chat who recently joined the website, hope you're enjoying checking out the back catalogue. And yeah, look, I'm not trying to tell people, go and show this to your family. So if you want to show this to your daughter, that's awesome. I don't tell people to share this with their family because... I think it can get you in trouble to share this information with, with people who aren't ready. And, and by in trouble, I just mean it can cause friction in, in real life relationships that don't need friction, right? Real life relationships are very important, whether it's uh, parents, brothers, even workmates, uh, just friends. It, there's no need to cause friction uh, because even if everything I'm saying is true or even if everything you believe is true, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to uh, share this with people um, it might not, it might not work out well. But if you want to share it with your daughter, by all means, go for it. The good thing about this, the war hoax in particular, is this is a white pill, okay? So for people who are in normie mode, worried about World War Three, Trump causing all these problems, is Iran going to retaliate? Is Syria going to retaliate? Is uh, Russia going to get involved? Like all of this fear porn, the war hoax just makes life so easy, man. It makes life so easy. It's like, oh yeah, they 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 killed Soleimani, did they? Oh, yeah. Clown show, right? Where's the elephants, man? Where's the acrobats? Yeah? Where's the clown wigs, man? Because this is a clown show. Clown show. In fact, the more of this, the better. Because I know there's not going to be any real death. No one's going to get hurt. No one's going to die. So the more of this they do, the better for me. Gives me more material to show you guys and to show other people, guys. And I mean other people who visit my channel or my website. Guys, check this out. Do you really think this a missile hit this? Really? Do you notice any anomalies? Let's, if, if the story is a missile hit it, is there anything about this image that you see is potentially problematic? Hmm? 
So the more they do with this, the better for me. So, yeah, the, the war hoax helps get rid of all of that. And it also helps on, on a more fundamental, psychological, spiritual level even. If you've been programmed to believe that millions of people died fighting for your freedoms, oh, you're so free, and millions of people died for that, on, on a fundamental level, that's horrific to have that on your, on your heart and on your soul, especially if you're an empathic person. This idea that so many people met gruesome death in trenches or in tanks that got hit by shells or by guys out in the field getting hit by mortar or people involved in, um, you know, close, close quarter combat getting shot, watching their friends get killed. Yeah. Uh, families, you know, huddling in a corner and then the baddies come in. That's, that's horrible stuff that you don't want on your mind. So being able to just wipe that away. It's it's a huge weight off your shoulders. It was for me, at least, anyway. So that's one of the reasons why I love to talk about the the war hoax. <clears throat> now, there are other topics that, that are not so uh, white pill. I do cover some of them on my website as well. But I'm generally not as enthusiastic about talking about them because they're not as fun. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not as uplifting. Because this world, there is good and bad, as all of you know. The war hoax is one of the good things for me. Now, now some people could come along and go, oh, they're lying about war, that's horrible. And it's like, well, if that's the perspective you want to have, but can't you see this is actually good news? Can't you, can't you see this is good news? There's nothing to worry about. There is, there's no nuclear war. There's no, oh, Benjamin Netanyahu accidentally let, let loose that they do have nukes and they've got the Samson option. And if Israel doesn't get their way, they're going to, no. That's all theatre. Okay, it's geopolitical theatre. It's not real. Okay. So you don't have to believe it. You might be better off not believing it. Laugh along. Oh, really? BB let out the the truth, did he? Ah, he couldn't help himself. The truth. Please, it's a lot of nonsense. Please. Now let's move on to the next part of this presentation. This is one of my favourite parts of the war hoax, and I found out about this one. Someone left a comment on fakeologist.com a couple of years ago. And so I I was already hip to the war hoax before then. Seeing this, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. How had no one told me about this? This is the car that Archduke Franz Ferdinand was traveling in the day that he was assassinated. Now, note the similarities between that story, the guy whose death precipitated World War I, supposedly, and old mate Suleimani, right? In 1914... You've got a dude traveling in a car, and he gets shot by a guy with a rifle or something. And then in 2020, you've got old mate Suleimani just traveling somewhere in Baghdad, gets hit by a, a drone strike, right? Ooh, will this precipitate the beginning of World War Three, guys? Ooh, maybe. Maybe if we watch the news tomorrow, we might find out. Has it already begun? Perhaps. Now, we can't see the number plate on that particular car. But what we can see is the number plate on Saul, on uh, Archde- Archduke Fran Ferdinand's car. And as you can see, the number plate reads AIII118. Okay, so AIII118. Now again, this is the car that was carrying the guy whose assassination precipitated World War I. Now let me ask you a question. When was Armistice Day of World War I? When did World War I supposedly come to an end? Why, it was the 11th of November, 1918. 
<clears throat> now, what are the odds of that? What are the odds that the number plate on the car of the guy whose assassination precipitated World War One that that number plate would have right there in front of you the date of the end of the same war four years later? June 2014, Archduke gets killed. His car has another plate A, 111118. And on 111118, wouldn't you know it, there's an armistice. And the war's over. Now, what are the odds of that? What are the odds of that? Goodness gracious me, let's go to the live chat. Guys, you tell me. Tell me how you can explain this amazing coincidence. I'll read your comments right now. JohnTheBond.com and JohnTheBond.com, January, we've just ticked over into January 8, 2020, what a time to be alive. Alistair Kane says, how he wish his grandfathers were alive, he'd love to probe them on this. His maternal grandfather allegedly worked in the morgue at Pearl Harbor during the attack. I'm not covering Pearl Harbor in this presentation, because obviously I want to try and keep it to, uh, to a relatively compact thing. But one of the interesting things about Pearl Harbor is how quickly the films were being released about it. How quickly there was images on the screen for people to know about Pearl Harbor. Fascinating stuff. Let's keep going through the live chat comments then. Morgan says that their daughter is an adult and an auto-hoaxer. That is, that is pretty cool. I don't have children, uh, but sometimes I think about what does the future hold, what's the best path for me, etc., and sometimes I observe other people and their children, and this is one of the things I think about. What would it be like if you were a parent or if I was a father and one of my children or all of my children or whatever the case might be were complete normies? And that thought did used to concern me. These days, not so much because I've come to learn the normies are generally no less happy than me. So it's not, I don't really see it as a problem. You know what I mean? If they were, if they were a depressed normie, like one of these atheists, you know, there's no purpose in life, so let's sit around and, and you know, smoke bowls and watch uh, cartoons for for kids as adults and lead completely hedonistic, meaningless lives and be depressed. Yeah, that would obviously be sad as a parent. But but if they were just a regular normie, but who just enjoyed their life, just just had had friends and and hobbies and enjoyed the normie life. These days, I don't think there'd be such a problem. As long as they're happy, you know what I mean? As long as they're happy, I think that'd be cool. Obviously, the ideal situation is you want them to, to be an auto-hoster, to be a fakeologist, to be a critical thinker, because then you could be on the same wavelength. That'd be awesome, which is apparently what you've got with your daughter, which is, yeah, fantastic. That would be the ideal, but yeah, as long as they're happy, you know. Anyway, we're getting off topic. So, so Morgan, glad that uh, glad you're enjoying the presentation. Hopefully, your daughter does as well. Let's carry on with the live chat. Then we've got 57 people watching live right now. Some spread lies. Others know the truth. Who is who? What a username says. Are you saying there's no war in Syria right now? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. There's no war in Syria. There's no war in Iraq, Afghanistan. You pick a country and I'm telling you there's no war there right now. War is a hoax, period. Now, as Dave J tried to explain in that clip and as I've tried to explain many times, there are events that are passed off as war. Some people even go and do tours in faraway lands, completely fitted out with military equipment, trained, trained military personnel. That does happen, sure, yeah. Some of them even get injured while they're over there. Some of them can even get killed. But they're not being killed in 
battle with some other army in a war because that doesn't happen. They can get injured in constructing things. In construction, in any form of construction, people can get injured or even die, okay? You're three or four stories up, someone drops a hammer, someone below is not wearing a hard hat, disaster, okay? Or a piece of machinery hasn't been used in the correct fashion, someone can uh, lose a limb or lose an eye. Bad things happen all the time, especially in construction or in demolition, which is what the military often do. Strategic relocation and demolition. But that's not the same as war, okay? That's not the same as war. War is this idea that you've got two or more armies fighting each other to the death. That doesn't happen at all. Not in Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, and now they're trying to pretend there's going to be a war with Iran. That's not going to be real either. And that Soleimani guy, let's go back to old mate Soleimani. Where is he? In this, nobody died, nobody got hurt, okay? Unless what they've done, they've just got someone to take a photograph of a random car smash. But even if that's the case, I can only see what looks like the volume of one one vehicle. I mean, maybe two vehicles smashed and whatever. But, I mean, who knows what the, the, the genesis of the image was. But this wasn't just some dude driving along and then a drone hit him. No, that's not real. Trump didn't order some killing of some Iranian guy. Not in real life. On TV, yes. But in real life, no. Not real. Not a real thing at all. So let's go back to this car then, guys. Give me your thoughts in the comments section, then we're going to move on to the next thing. And I think we're going to get through this presentation in, in about about the correct amount of time. Let's see. A lot of comments coming through suddenly. Let me see if I can find my place. Oregon D says it looks like a pile of trash burning. I agree. Let's go back to old mate Suleimani. That's what it looks like. It looks like a garbage fire. Let me tell you a story. When I was in high school, I went to a couple of different high schools. One of the high schools I went to, uh, most people got there by bus. Because it was in a, not a rural area, but like a, a semi-suburban, semi-hilly, uh, hill hill area. Sort of like, um, there were flat, there's flatlands in this part of, of Melbourne. But then just next to the flatlands is the, the area with the mountains. And so in that area... There's one high school that services a whole bunch of different um, towns, I suppose. So most people got to school by bus. And so anyway, one morning, like my bus gets to school and we can all smell this stink. Something absolutely stinks. Anyway, we all get off the bus. And so, you know, in your in your group of friends, some people get there before and later because we all come from different towns, right? So someone tells us, hey, guys, this stink. Do you want to know what it is? We're like, yeah. Down at the back of the school is where there was a, a field, like um, you could play soccer or cricket or whatever there, and right next to that was the basketball court or the asphalt, so you could play basketball, netball, whatever, I guess. What someone had done the night before, apparently, is come into the school, take all of the bins, because all the bins have wheels. I'm not sure how it works in other countries, but in Australia, we call them wheelie bins. So all, of, all the rubbish bins that are located around the school for people to put their trash Someone had come and wheeled all of them into one area on the asphalt, okay, down at the back of the school, and set the whole thing alight. So, obviously, as soon as someone told us what had happened, we all wanted to go and see it. And, yeah, sure enough, down on the asphalt, there was just this this puddle. <laughs> just this green-black putrid puddle of what was previously, I don't know how many bins. I don't know if it was a dozen bins, 20 bins, I don't know. But the whole thing had been set alight, melted down, and just created this gigantic puddle uh, on the asphalt and stunk out the whole school, stunk out the entire school. And and whoever did it, I don't think ever got caught. 
But what was interesting was they did this uh, like school assembly, like a, an emergency school assembly, and we're all sitting there. And the principal, and I don't, I don't want to go into too many particular details here because time's getting away from us. But there's there's a lot of mini things that that are amusing. But let's cut to the one of the more amusing things. Basically, like we don't we we don't know who did this, but we want to know. So if you have information, you can leave us an anonymous tip. We're going to put this box in the uh, office, like the you know the main administration office. We're going to leave a, a box there, and you can leave an anonymous tip. You don't have to say who you are. But we just want to know who did this, okay? Because, you know, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, what a couple of the guys in our group did was they left an anonymous tip saying, we don't know who it was, but we know who it wasn't. And they just picked on one of the dudes in the group. You're like, you know, in every social group, there's one or two people who it's, they, it tends, tends to be more funny to, to uh, make a joke at their expense. So it's like, we know who, who, we don't know who did it, but we know for a fact that the rumors that it was this guy, those rumors are not true. Now, there were no rumors. That that was make-believe. That was not a real thing. But they've said, we know for a fact that it wasn't this guy. Anyway, they come back and they tell us what they've done. And we're all laughing about it. All of a sudden, over the, uh, the PA announcer, at the end of that lunch, at the end of the same lunch, all of a sudden, can this guy... Actually, they, they gave two names. Can these two people please report... <laughs> Please report to the office. Now, remember, the message said, we don't know who did it, but we know it wasn't the guys who were being rumored to do it. Let's just call them uh, person A and person B. We know it wasn't person A and person B, so you can forget those rumors are not true. Signed, anonymous tipper. Person A and person B get called up to the principal's office, and we were like, no way. Anyway, eventually they come back. By the time they rejoin us, I think lunch had ended and, and we're back in classes or whatever. And they're like, yeah, they called us up to, <laughs> to ask us what we knew about the uh, about the bin burning. I'm not sure if I have explained that story uh, properly, but um, it was very funny to us at the time. It still makes me laugh. Sadly, I'm no longer in contact with any of uh, any of those guys from from high school, and I don't have Facebook and and all of that kind of thing that that most people have to uh, to stay in touch. I would love to track some of them down to see if they remember that story because. Remember when you're in high school, a funny story can keep being funny for months? That was one of those stories for us. But um, it could be one of those stories that's hugely amusing to the guy telling the story, and everyone else is like, that's not funny, because they weren't there. So if, if I've just done that to you, I apologize. But it's nice to mix these stories up, uh, to mix these shows up every now and then with something that's not as um, direct as the war hoax. So yeah, signed anonymous tipper. Can person A and person B please report to the principal's office? No way. Alrighty. So let's go to the live chat. Guys, do you have anything to say about this, uh, this coincidence? Tell me. This number plate coincidence. Have I got it on the screen? Let's go and take a look at this. Guys, I'm open. I'm an open-minded guy. Uh, do you believe A, triple I, double one eight? Do you believe this is a coincidence? Now, for me, you know how in conspiracy subculture, most people know about building seven. Building seven is a smoking gun. Yeah. This, for me, is bigger than Building 7. This is a much bigger deal. Everyone should know about this. In conspiracy subculture, it should be the case that if someone's been here for more than a few months, because the first few months, there's always so much coming at you or whatever, but once you've been here for a few months, if someone says to you, Oi, what does A triple I double one eight mean? It should be, oh, that's the bullshit number plate on the bullshit Franz Ferdinand car from the bullshit assassination from the bullshit World War One. That's that. The response should be... a, a 
something along those lines, really, I think. But most people have no idea what this is. Outside of my work and JohnTheBond.com, I'd be surprised if even 0.001% of conspiracy subculture people have any idea what this is. The Franz Ferdinand car. So let me know in the live chat what are your thoughts on all of this. I'm getting some messages on my Discord. I don't think this will come up on the screen. Uh, hopefully it won't. Hopefully Discord can stay. Yeah, I think so. What are these messages? Who's messaging me during a live show, guys? Come on. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's not directly relevant. See, last time I did a live show, the screen wasn't working and someone tried to tell me. So now I'm careful to check my Discord messages as they come through. But that one was not directly relevant. So let's go to the comments then, guys. Tell me, what do you make of A, triple I, double one eight? Let's take a look. Rock Lover, my old friend Rock Lover, he says, you people, and he's talking about the, he's talking about you, the audience. You people need serious help listening to this Zionist bad boy. No, no. Poopy head. Yeah. You people need serious help listening to this Zionist poopy head. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Well, Rock Lover, aren't you listening to me as well, if you're in the live chat? Are you ashamed of yourself for listening to a poopy head? Rock Lover says, JLB claims the USS Liberty never happened, and no one got hurt on 9-11. Both carried out by Rome-controlled US government and Israel. Uh, well, yeah, it's true. I don't believe the USS Liberty was ever attacked. Maybe it was. Anything's possible, but I don't think so, no. And no one got hurt on 9-11? Yeah. Nobody died, nobody got hurt, period. I do say that. I've been saying that for years. And I'm not the first person to say that. People worked that out years before me. Years before me. So, there's, there's a small but growing number of people who've worked out that 9-11 was a movie, a made-for-TV movie. More than a movie, though, because they had giant props, 110-story props. Just pretty full-on. Uh, built for the purpose. They were built to be brought down. But that's a whole, that's a whole other topic for another day. Be a rock lover. Look, if you want to blame Israel, go for it. But they're part of the same geopolitical nonsense show, okay? And if you want to blame Zionists, that's fine, but they're also part of the show. And if you want to blame the Jews, that's fine, but they've also been brainwashed. So this idea that you can just isolate one group of people, whether it's Israel or the Zionists, or the Jews, and just say, well, it's them, or it's them. It's nice. It makes things simple, doesn't it? I don't think the world really works that way. But you're welcome to. Maybe maybe the world does work that way, man. It's, look, we live in a crazy world. Who knows what's possible? Overthought. And, and many of the people leaving these questions are people whose names I'm not familiar with. So if you're new to the channel, welcome to johnthebond.com. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. The idea isn't for you to agree with me, and the idea isn't for me to convince you. If I can just at least get you thinking about the topic of war and what you think you know, then it's been worth your time and worth mine as well. So Overthought says, do you think war has ever not been a hoax? No. No, I think it's always been a hoax. The wars that we're told about, okay, going right back to World War I, and even before that, the Boer War, as far as I'm concerned, they're hoaxes. Okay, now, is it possible that some of them are real? Anything's possible. Anything's possible. But do I believe they're real? Personally, me? No. No, I don't. No, I do not. But I'm not... I'm not here to tell you definitively 100% X, Y, or Z. That's that's for you to come to your own conclusion. I'm just giving you my opinions based on the research that I've done. And as you can see in this presentation, I'm not just saying these things for the hell of it. 
I've looked at different footage. I've looked at different stories. I've looked at different coincidences. I've thought about it. And this, these are the conclusions I've come to. And what I'm showing in this presentation is just an overview. Like I said, go to the History Hoax page. Far more material there, much more material. 1220. How long have we been going? How long has this stream been going, guys? I honestly don't know. Let me just refresh this page. Saying these things for the hell of it. I've looked at different... Okay, so I'm up to 1 hour 40. I want to wrap this up within two hours, guys. I think that's a, an ideal time. <coughs> Pardon me. All right. So uh, where were we? What are we up to next? Oh, yeah, the coincidence. No one, guys, in the live chat, I just want someone to give me some answer about this coincidence. I'd really appreciate that. Let's see. Cubstar says that Franz Ferdinand got jumped by a gang Godfather style, throwing grenades and shooting machine guns. They got his friend and he got away. He then went back later to get his friend and was shot in the head. Yeah. The interesting stories we're told about World War One. Alistair Kane says he'd love to know what rock lover games from blaming anyone. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. Look, uh, rock lover's not on my Discord, so I can't invite him onto the show. But anyone who's on my Discord, you're welcome to join me for the last 10 or 15 minutes, even if you uh, don't believe what I'm saying. Even if you've got your own questions or you've got your own uh, information you want to put onto the table, that's fine. That's fine. Let's have a discussion. Let me explain this to you again. There's members of my own website who still believe in war. Some of them still, they believe in a lot of war. Some of them, they know a lot of it's fake, but there's still parts of it, of what I'm saying that they just don't. Uh, get or they just don't resonate with or they just don't agree that's cool too that's that's cool as well the war hoax isn't even my main topic one of my main topics is the history hoax i'm saying that ancient egypt never existed ancient rome never existed ancient greece never existed ancient china fake right all of these places that's one of my main topics there's several members of my website who openly disagree with my interpretation that's fine it's not a big deal one of the big problems with the conspiracy subculture, especially the the media fakery or the, the hoax area, is that it's highly um, polarizing, highly polarized. There's this attitude of you're with us or you're against us. There's this attitude of if you agree with us about nine things and disagree about one, let's argue about that one thing and make a big deal of it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's not my style. And so most of the people I've attracted to my website, they're like me. They're not looking to start a movement. They're not looking to change the world. They're not looking to, um, you know, have arguments for the sake of having arguments. It's like, well, here's my perspective. What's yours? Let's talk about it. And, and it's that simple. So when you're when you're listening to my presentation or you're watching this presentation, if in your mind you're thinking, here's what I disagree with, and like, that's okay. It's no problem. Is it a specific piece of information? Is it a specific part of the logic that I'm following here? Like, if I say to you, well... Here's the, here's the problem with nuclear bombs, okay? Here's the problem with V2 rockets. Here's the problem with this Suleimani guy, right? Here's the problem with the number plate from World War. If I go through all of this, and then I say to you, so look at how much of it appears to be fake. Does it make sense to conclude that, in general, it's fake, right? You might have a problem with some of the evidence. You might have a problem with some of the logic. That's cool. Let's discuss it. Let's discuss it. What a lot of people in the conspiracy subculture want to do instead is just... Argue the point. Just argue the point. Not any particular element. Just, no, you can't say that. You can't say that. You're wrong. You're a shill. Blah, blah, blah. Right? I personally don't find that a good use of my time. If other people do, that's awesome. But that's not what we do on my website. So there's people who disagree openly. But it's cordial disagreement. It's constructive. 
And, and if you want to be part of that, you're welcome. You're welcome in the live chat or on my Discord or on my website. Or you can even leave comments. This is this will be a YouTube video once it's finished streaming. You can leave a comment. It's no problem. But try and be try and be constructive. And let's have a constructive dialogue. What's the issue? Uh, let's see. Uh, Oregon D asked an interesting question. They ask, what do you think of the whole Rothschild bank scenario? Okay, so one of the very popular conspiracy theories, especially on Reddit conspiracy, is this idea that oh, there's no Rothschild banks in uh, in Iran or in Cuba or in Syria. Or something like this. So the US goes in there to to topple the leaders to install a Rothschild bank. Hugely popular theory in places like Reddit Conspiracy and Godlike Productions and these kind of places. See what happens when you ask for evidence for that claim. There isn't any. There's none. Zero. But it's one of those stories that is... Re- I'm talking zero evidence, by the way. But it's one of those stories that is repeated so often, it becomes like folklore. And that's what it is. In the conspiracy subculture, it's just a, it's just a myth. It's just a common myth that is accepted by people. And then when you say, yeah, okay, maybe that's true. Do we have a shred of evidence that that's true? People are like, no, it's just true. Like, it's, they just repeat it. Or they'll link you to some blog that just repeats it. No sources, no citations, no references, nothing. Now, if you can go to North Korea and withdraw money, or if you can go to Syria and withdraw money, or if you can go to Iran and withdraw money with your Australian or American or British or wherever you're from, bank card. How is that bank not connected to the system? Explain that to me. Now, have I personally been to North Korea or to Syria or to Iran and withdrawn money? No, I haven't. But I would guess that if I went to those countries, I could do so. Now, if someone comes back to me and says, oh, but you haven't done it, so you don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know. If I went to North Korea and I couldn't withdraw money, I would be far more open to this idea that their banking system isn't already part of the broader system. Far more open-minded. If I went to Syria and that happened, far more open-minded. Or if I went to any of these places. So if you're someone who's done that, if you've been to to Syria or Iran and your bank card didn't work, leave me a comment. Send me an email. John the bottom one two three gmail.com. Let's chat about it. Let's look at the evidence that we've got. All I can go on is, is where I've been. I've been to London. I've been to uh, England, I guess. I've been to South Africa. I've been to Vietnam, Malaysia, Thailand. Obviously, I'm from Australia. In every one of those countries, my bank card worked. Perfect. No problems at all. So, based on what I've seen, these bank cards work everywhere. But who knows? I'm open-minded. I'm an open-minded guy. And also, I know someone who went to North Korea. Uh, He was the friend of uh, a girl who I was seeing at the time. And he went to North Korea for a few days. He thought it was awesome. He thought it was great fun. This is before I knew that North Korea was basically a hoax. But, um, yeah, he went on a tour of North Korea. Said it was great fun. But I, I didn't ask him about the bank card. I wish I could. I wish I could ask him. But, um, yeah, I don't know anyone who's been to Syria or... I used to live with people who were from Iran. I used to live with some people from Iran back in, uh, well, a few years ago now. They were cool people. But, uh, yeah, anyway, let's carry on because we're running out of time. Let's have a look. North Korea is a hoax. Yeah, I believe so. Alistair Kane says that he couldn't withdraw money in Cuba. Now, this is interesting. This is very interesting. Tell us, did you have to take your, your money with you? Once you took your money with you, did you have to get it exchanged there? This is interesting. I'm open-minded. I'm listening. That is very interesting. Is this like a poll? You know what we can do? I mean, we're running out of time here. Let's, let's do this. If I was to Google, um, can I withdraw money in Cuba. 
Let's have a look. Uh, you can't see this on the screen. I'm just reading out what's coming to me from Google. Exchanging money in Cuba. You have a variety of options to get Cuban currency. Most tourists will opt to withdraw cash via ATM. Okay. Well, Google says that you can, but I, I'm probably more likely to trust Alistair Kane than Google. So, Alistair Kane, you let me know in the live chat below. Another message on my Discord. Is this related to the live stream? If it's not, guys, probably best not to. Because I get I get a notification every time you message me on Discord. So if it's not related to the stream, probably best just to uh, to leave it. I would suggest. Anyway, where was it? Let's have a look. Oh yeah, the number plate. All right, we need to move on, guys. So V two rockets, the clown rockets. Let's get through this really quickly. These were supposedly developed by Werner von Braun. Now you already know that that guy was the the puppet, the figurehead, the leader, the developer, something, the big daddy-o of the Apollo missions, and you already know that the Apollo missions are fake. So if he's the same guy in charge of the V2 rockets, it stands to reason we should at least look into these things, doesn't it? Now, if you look into these things, one of the things you're going to learn is that they are painted, oftentimes, like clown rockets. Okay, look at that. That's a clown rocket if ever I've seen one in my life. V2 rockets, supposedly 1,000, 3,000 these were launched by the Germans, many of them over the English Channel, to uh, to bomb London or whatever. Uh, thousands of them, supposedly. Now, let's take a look at this story. Okay, what you're going to find is that there's no real control mechanism for them. Not the way that you'd expect. These fins are not mechanical. Okay, the fins don't move. Supposedly, all of the thrust vectoring, as they call it, was done down here. Now, how are these, how are these things guided? How are they guided, you might be wondering. Well, they had a gimbal, or a gimbal, pronounce it how you like, and uh, the equipment room here at the front. So they had some kind of rudimentary gimbal device that somehow was keeping balance and somehow was tuned to keep the rocket on path for for its target destination, is the story, okay? That's the story of these things. Me personally, I don't believe there's a... I don't, th- I don't see how it's physically possible that this kind of device can be guided to a target. In any way, shape, or form. Doesn't make sense to me. Now, someone can say, oh, well, it makes sense to me. Okay, that's fine. I'm just telling you my perspective on this. Doesn't make sense to me. And then I start to look at some of the evidence that it's real. It's like, well, let's look at the evidence that it's real. Let's look at the evidence. What have they got? What have they got? Show us some of the uh, disasters. Now, this image, when I... Remember I told you I went to the Queensland State Library when I was just looking to this originally? Before I knew that war was a hoax, by the way, before I came to that conclusion, back when I was just starting to get into questioning what I thought I knew, this same image was in one of the books that I borrowed. I got a book from the Queensland State Library, and it was like an, it was published in 1955, which I found interesting because that's 10 years after the war finished. And it was like this massive image book with all of these war-related um, photographs. This same image was in there, right? Because as soon as like, I wanted to find the images of, of the V2 disaster, of, of the V2 attacks, there was only a small number of images of this whole picture book related to V2s, which is fair enough, lots of... Lots of things supposedly happened in the war, okay? And there were many different fronts, so I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting in, say, 500 pages, 100 pages of E2. But there was literally only a couple of, of, of images, and one of them was this one. The same image that I saw on Wikipedia. I was like, hold on, I've seen that image on Wikipedia. Got home, I borrowed the book, got home, I'm like, yeah, it's the same image. This was the image. Now look at this image, guys. Is this on your screen right now? Yes, it is. What do you notice? What do you notice about this image? What, where, where's the crater, guys? Where is it? Alright, you've got a Jeep that looks like it's been Boston smoke bombed, just with a bit of fire for a dramatic effect. 
And then you've got some guy with half a body, Terminator 2 style. Some other guy's just walking past casually, like, on their way to get a coffee. Like, oh, look at that. Someone's lost size of your body. Oh, that's a shame. Just walking past. And, yeah, where's the crater? These are very heavy items. They're going all the way up, all the way down, bang. And it doesn't even seem to be able to, uh, to, to blow, to blow the doors off. The Jeep. Now you compare that to old mate Suleimani. Alright, look at this. Look at that. Again, no crater. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we should have a contest. Which of these, which of these cars look like it's been destroyed worse? Now just give me a second. I've got to go and, uh, adjust something really quickly. Just bear with me. I'll be back in one minute. Very unprofessional. Sorry about that, guys. I, uh, I'm staying in Hanoi, as I've, as I've told you, and I, I'm staying in what they call a guest house, which is like a mix between a, an apartment and a, like a bedroom in a, a large five-story building. So I'm on the top floor. I'm the only room on the, the fifth floor. And, uh, but what happens here is that the, the water systems, you, you only heat it when you need it kind of thing. And I forgot I left mine on. So it just turned itself on and maybe you could hear it, maybe you couldn't, but I don't want it messing up the audio. So sorry about that. But yeah, Vietnam, man, I'm going to miss it. I'm out of here in about, uh, what? 12 hours, 13 hours. All right. Very nice. So let's, let's wrap this up, guys. So. Again, I look at this image and I give you my interpretation. Your interpretation is up to you. What I'm saying is that a few years ago, I started looking at these things, started reading up about them on Wikipedia, going to the library, finding out what information I could get there. And over time, I came to the conclusion that this is all hoaxery. That's the conclusion I came to, but you need to come to your own conclusion, of course. It goes without saying. All right. Now, here's the fun part, guys. Let's look at some North Korean nonsense Here's some footage that I prepared earlier. Check this out. This is a military parade, supposedly, in North Korea. I'm going to put this at full screen mode. Uh, if you're listening on MP3, I apologize, but this really does need to be seen. I will describe it, though. But first, I just want the the official sound. So this is entitled Parade Pageantry in Pyongyang, North Korea, marks 60 years since Korean War Armistice. This comes to us from a Russia Today published... In 2013, check this out. That's meant to be real, by the way. I'm pretty sure. So what we're looking at is a bunch of trucks transporting blue planes that look not too dissimilar to the toy planes that children used to fly for fun. And there's, there's thousands of people watching them. Alright, look at that. This is meant to be real, guys. Ooh, oh no, don't fire that at me. Look at that. Now, what the hell is that meant to be? Just think about it, what's that meant to be? Look at this. Look at it. Now you might come back to me and say, JLB, are you suggesting that they're putting on a giant military parade with thousands of people in the audience and sending props, prop trucks, prop planes, prop weaponry? Like they're, they're, they're faking it? This is like a massive pageant? Well, yeah, they call it pageantry in the title. And if you watch Wag the Dog, Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro, Kirsten Dunst as a crisis actress... William H. Macy. 
if you watch that film, they talk about faking war as a pageant. There's a scene where they're trying to convince the Dustin character, Stan, to, to do it. And he's like, you want me to fake your war? And Robert De Niro's like, it's not a war, it's a pageant. You know, it needs a story, some music, yeah, it's a pageant. Well, they call this a pageantry. That's literally in the title of the RT video. And yeah, I look at these blue planes and I'm thinking, what the hell are these meant to be? They look clownish to me. That's just my opinion, just my interpretation. Looks like a clown plane. To me, just my opinion. Let's take a look at what else they got going through. They got some more rockets on trucks. They, they ramp it up as they go through. So now they've got these big rockets. And uh, these look like a cross between a V2 rocket and a, a dart. You know, when you're playing darts. 180! 180! So you can see they've got these rockets on the trucks. What I recommend you do, if you get the time, is to go and look at this footage for yourself and just ask yourself what you think you're seeing. What do you think you're seeing? JLB, you don't really think they'd put on a completely fake pageant, do you? Yeah, that's exactly what I think. Let's take a look at some more footage that I prepared earlier. This one comes to us from 2017. Three million views on this video. A very similar military parade. In fact, it looks like it's being filmed at the exact same place from the exact same angle. Oh, now they've really upgraded their rockets. Now they've got these big, fat rockets that don't even appear to have fins. So, basically, they've got giant tubs. Okay, they've got trucks transporting giant tubs going through the middle of the parade now. Oh, Oh, look at that, guys. Look at that. No fins, okay. What what exactly am I supposed to believe this thing's going to do? You, you don't need to be an aerophysicist to see some potential problems with the story if this is meant to be a weapon, okay? Like, what am I supposed to believe? That they're going to lift it into, into like, an angle to shoot it and shoot into the distance when there's no... not even any fins on there. Now, look, it could be the case. It might be that, oh, well... JLB, maybe, maybe when they're not in display mode, the fins come out and, sure, we can sit here and imagine all kinds of things. But all we can actually see is what's on the screen. And when you look at what's on the screen, what do you see? What the hell is that meant to be? Guys in the live chat, let me know. I'm going to put this on full screen. Oh no, I can't when I want to use, um, I want to use, uh, I'll just leave it at that size screen. You tell me, guys, in the live chat. I want to know what do you what do you make of this? Let's go to let's go to this right now. We've got sixty people watching live. Thanks for coming. Yeah, we're going to wrap this up uh, up in the next uh, fifteen or twenty minutes because uh, it's late here and my voice is going. Let's have a look here. Uh, live chat. Uh, let's see. Let's see. North Korean ATM test. Yeah, I like it. Let's see. Sorry about the dead air. Alistair Kane says that it's only US citizens that are prevented from using their bank credit cards. 
Yeah, no need to apologise. Like, I appreciate people... Like I said, guys, can you use your banks in Cuba and Syria? I don't know. You said that you couldn't. That's fair enough. If it's just an American thing, that's cool. No need to apologise. It's just, uh, yeah, I appreciate the uh, the feedback. Let's have a look. Uh, in the live chat, guys, you tell me, what do you think of these supposed rockets? Uh, spinning what? Another new person says they have cardboard backdrop buildings. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing watching this. The background looks fake to me. Not just the rockets. The background looks fake to me, man. Now, that's not... I want to spend more time revisiting this footage before I say anything definitive. I've, I've watched the rocket footage and the pageant footage so many times that I, I'm saying confidently, this is obviously fake to me. In fact, I couldn't find it when I was preparing for this presentation tonight. But one time, I even found footage of rockets where the rockets were wonky. Like, the, the front of the rocket clearly hadn't been assembled properly. So, that there's no way. Like, it was just ridiculous. It was so silly. But I couldn't find the footage of that one for today, but I found these instead. But, um, because, yes, when it comes to the, the rockets themselves, pff, it's so obvious to me that it's fake. But just watching this footage, I found myself looking at the back, and I'm like, actually, that looks like a set as well. But I want to spend more time before I say anything definitively. But I tell you guys, look at the background. Like the background. Firstly, remember, I've already shown you they're using the exact same area for this military parade. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. If they've got a capital city and a main area of the capital city, of course, they're going to use that for their for their main um, demonstrations, right? So that that is not inherently necessarily uh, proof of any malarkey. But what we think we, we know about North Korea or, or the masses do how much of it comes from their nightly news where they're shown two or three second grabs from, from these um, military displays? And it's like, yeah, but ultimately it's just a bunch of people in their city square and trucks driving through. It's not as big a deal as it might seem. And it's the exact same place they're doing it every year. It could even be the same year that they record all this footage. They just release different versions of it. How would we know? How would we know? See, so just with the background. That's the question you can ask me. In fact, even the shadows, when they just had the planes going over, leaving behind their colourful smoke, the shadows seem to be very quickly. Watch this, the planes go over, watch how quick the shadows come. Yeah, I mean, it could be real, who knows. But I guess one of the things I'm trying to share with you is this idea of, hey, why don't we inspect this stuff and think about it? We don't just have to accept what we're shown on the TV. We don't just have to accept what they tell us. What exactly is that meant to be? Load of nonsense. Now, I want to show you this. Let's let's wrap up. Please, go and check this stuff out for yourself, see what you think. Now, the missiles. You can find footage of them firing missiles. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier about this idea that missiles, how do they fly without wings? 
Can you put a bunch of propellant into a tube, make sure that one part of the tube is uh, sealed so that when the propellant is lit, there'll be force coming out of the back and uh, like a forward uh, momentum being put onto the rocket, if I can use very unphysical terms here at 10 to 1 in the morning. And I'm trying to say, can you do that? Sure. No problem. No problem. The issue is, would this actually be a weapon though? Can it be guided? Can it stay in the air the way that we're shown on TV? Take a look at this footage. I'll give you my analysis in a second, but I just want to play it without my analysis and you see what you notice. Okay, what did you notice, okay? For those of you listening at home, we've just seen a clip where supposedly for the 85th anniversary of something, there was a fire demonstration where these missiles are being fired. So a whole bunch of trucks with the missile um, devices on the back firing the rockets, and and that's what we're being shown. But if you just take a step back and think about it, let's see what we're really being shown. We see footage of the commander saying, fire, okay? That's then cut. This is edited, obviously. That's then cut to footage of these um, rocket launcher trucks on the beach. We're shown footage of the camera from the water looking towards a truck. So all we see is these missiles being fired into the air. That's all we see. Okay, we see him travel the first perhaps 50 meters of their of their journey. That's all we see. Right. Oh, it looks really impressive. But they're not showing us where the missiles are going. They're just showing the launch. And literally just the first 50 meters or so. Okay, it's all looking back towards the trucks. Then we're given another cut, this time to Kim Jong-un, or real, whatever he calls himself. And all of his, all of his dudes clapping, you know, to give the idea of a successful launch. Ah, and then we're shown a whole bunch of explosions on some mountain somewhere. There's a very key part of this narrative that's not being shown which is the missiles themselves flying to the target. Okay, let's watch this again one more time. And remember, this footage isn't just for North Korean consumption. In fact, it's for our consumption. That's why we're being shown this kind of stuff on our TVs. Do you see what I'm talking about here? Do you see what's missing? And what I've noticed, I noticed this a couple of years ago. I began noticing this a few years ago. Was this happens all the time when they show us uh, rocket footage, whether it is North Korea or it is um, the Palestinians versus the Israelis or whatever. They'll show you the first split second of a, of a missile, but that's all. They'll never show you the full flight. And I believe the reason for that is because there is no full flight, because these devices are not targeted. They're just basically simple rockets, like in the sense of there's a force coming out the back, but there's no real guidance. So you can fire it into the air. That's great. But it's not going to go. You can't direct it. You can't guide it. It definitely can't guide itself. All it's going to do is keep going until it runs out of propellant or until it tips and starts going downwards. That's all it can possibly do. Hence, they show us the footage of it being launched. See, that looks really convincing, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, man, those missiles are being fired. And then... They show explosions, okay? Which could obviously come from anything. You leave uh, TNT or other 
uh, explosive things on the mountain and they just explode them. How would anyone be any the wiser? Right? Let's go to the live chat, see what people have to say in the live chat about all of this. Guys, give me a different perspective. I'm, I'm an open-minded guy. You tell me. What do you think about all of this? First for Truth says that North Korea is so scary, but Dennis Rodman had no... <clears throat> Pardon me. Let's try that again. North Korea is so scary, but actor Dennis Rodman had no problems visiting. Yeah, the whole Dennis Rodman angle of this I haven't looked into, to be perfectly fair. I haven't... I don't know if I've even seen the footage of uh, Rodman and Kim Jong-un. That's something for me to look at, actually. I'm sure it's circus tier. I'm sure it's nonsense. But I haven't actually looked at it, to be honest. Nathan Oakley says he saw a rocket up close at the Space Center. It was held together with ratchet straps, zip ties, and dreams. Yeah, ratchet straps and zip ties. That wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. One of the members of JohnTheBond.com is a guy called Take No Gnosis. He's got his own website, TNGBreakingReality.com, and he's based in Birmingham in the United Kingdom. And he was saying a few months ago that he went and visited one of these like war memorial places, and he went and saw a V2 rocket, what's meant to be a real V2 rocket. And he's like, yeah, there's no guidance system on these things. You're right. It's just, it's just this big object. It's a joke. I'm like, yeah, well, I haven't seen one with my own eyes, but based on the images I've seen, yeah, I don't think they had a real guidance system. They're just... Even if they could fly, which I don't even believe they did do that, but even if they could fly, it's not really flying. It would just be going up and, and down to wherever wherever the wind takes them. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see. I'll get through a few more comments and we'll wrap it up, guys. It'll be just over two hours, which I'll be pretty happy with. I think I've done okay. I've, I've rushed a little bit, stumbled over a few words, but um, for the most part, I think it's been pretty good. Let's see. Oregon, C, uh, Oregon D rather says, we just saw a cut to a mountainside blowing up. Yeah. It's, when you see media fakery for what it is, you start to notice, oh, they're just cutting from this to this to this. It's all just, uh, stagecraft. You know what I mean? It's all just, uh, theater. It's TV production. Capt Maggie Kono says, more fake than fake could be. Observer Jones says, too many cuts and fireworks looks fake AF. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. I think it looks fake as. So a couple more things. Before we get to that, though, I need to let you guys know that the best thing to do is to go and join this mailing list at johnthebond.com. It's free. It's a free mailing list. Uh, my previous YouTube channel got deleted when I got to about 7,000 subscribers. And uh, I, I don't complain about that. That's YouTube's prerogative. And they can delete me tomorrow if they want. It's up to them. So what I need to do is to make sure that anyone who's interested in my work is on my mailing list so that if I get deleted, I can start a new channel and let everybody know straight away, no problems. Okay, but this is the easiest way. It's a mailing list. You just need an email address, and uh, any name will do. It's You can put in a letter, doesn't matter. All that matters is that the email address is correct, and that way, if or when, I don't want to say they will definitely delete me, maybe they won't. I've only been, my main channel got deleted after four years or something, so it took a long time for them to delete me the first time. So hopefully it takes them a long time again, but I don't know. So... Join the mailing list, and this way, if I do get deleted, I can let you know where to find my work. And then also, I'm trying to, once a month, I think last year I sent out maybe seven or eight uh, emails in total. I'm trying to bump that up to once per month would be good. One email per month, just letting you know about new work and releasing old member material to the public. I'll try and do that once a month. Uh, I, I wanted to do it once a month last year, but I just, some months you forget. But I'll try and do one a month, maybe even two, maybe even two a month. Um, say, hey, here's this old podcast that used to be just for the members, and now you can check it out. 
I'll try and do that. So join the mailing list and you'll know about all of the new content that's released and all of the archive material that's being made available to uh, to the mailing list as well. So I'll put a link to that in the info box below. And uh, also I want to reiterate this idea that if you go to key topics and go down to select hoaxes, the war hoax is there. And on that page is a ton of free material. So this criticism, oh, JLB, it's all behind a paywall, it's not true. There's a whole ton of material that's there, and it goes into a lot more detail than what I've gone into today in this presentation. This has really just been an overview where I've tried to present some ideas and some questions and some footage and some evidence, and, of course, your comments as well in the live chat. But for a more detailed uh, inspection of, of, this war hoax, of this war hoax concept, rather, then you really want to check out that war hoax page, which, again, is available for free, and most of the videos are free. <clears throat> Pardon me. White pill of the day, Iran war hoax free. WMDs in Iraq's a hoax free. How will George Orwell's 1984 change your life? Free. How do you explain the number plates? Free. North Korea develops a nuclear suitcase bomb. Free. The uh, full podcast with Dave J. Free. Uh, missiles a hoax. Very controversial video. That one got thousands of views before it got deleted. Thousands and thousands and thousands. I copped a ton of hate, but also some good comments as well. Before that one got deleted, well, that one's back. There's a couple more videos about that. If you're into the f- philosophical aspect, the esoteric aspect, the synchromystic aspect, the Matrix, Simulacra, Baudrillard, War Fakery, that's all there on the page as well. Podcasts are there, written articles, a whole ton of stuff, most of it completely free on the War Hoax page at johnabond.com. So let's go through the live chat comments a couple more times and then we'll wrap this one up. Getting very late here where I am. Let's see. Source error says, great show, JLB. Let's get to work, guys. He can't do it all. Well, I mean, the the thing is, I got into this and, and I became very passionate about doing doing my own research and, and creating content and whatever. I had no idea that all these years later, I'd be doing a live stream at, at midnight in Hanoi, you know, the day before flying to to Thailand and that this would be my, my main thing. I had no idea. And I don't know what the future holds. I don't know where I'll be in a year or two years or three years. But one of my main hopes is that in a year's time, in five years' time, ten years' time, there might still be some people going back and looking at this stuff. You know, because, again, I'm not the first person to look at the war hoax. I'm not the first person to look at the ancient Egypt hoax. You know, Dave J was the first that I know of to do that as well. And as the live chat's been pointing out, people like Aaron Dover have come along and they've done work on, on some of these hoaxes. So there are people doing this, but it never seems to catch on for whatever reason. I've got my theories as to why that is. So I would like to think that even if I were to move on with my life and, and go and get a normal job or or who knows what the future holds for me, that the, at least the work that I've done, there's a, this body of work that is useful to people in the future. And while I've been doing all of this, I've been very fortunate that dozens and dozens and dozens of people have joined my site and started contributing with comments, with their own articles, joining the member calls, some of them started their own websites and started releasing their own material as well. So it does seem as though finally there starts to be some sort of building of not just one or two people doing this, but five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And from from there, who knows where, where it could go. But uh, in the meantime, just the process of learning skepticism or practicing skepticism or thinking about what do I really know? I do think in a lot of ways it's been beneficial for me. And I think people who go down this path, so long as they can avoid certain pitfalls, they'll get benefit from it as well. Such as, like I said earlier, just not worrying about war. 
And in 2020, with this Soleimani death hoax and, and all this ooh, war tensions, if you can see that this is all complete nonsense, I think you'll be better off for it. Uh, all other things being equal, I think you'll be better off for not believing in this war nonsense. Kazooie says, JLB, your content and ideas have helped streamline my life. Thank you. Thank you. Those kind of comments, uh, you know, I can't, I can't tell you how good it is to get those kind of comments. And I tend to get an email like that every now and then, usually from members of my site, but sometimes from people who aren't members, people who've just seen a, a video or listened to a podcast and they'll, they'll say words to the effect of, your work helps me to reconsider what I thought I knew and I'm no longer worried about this thing. I'm no longer worried about that thing. Or uh, one of the common ones, one of the ones I got recently as well, was this idea of I fell into the doom porn of the, the Alex Jones style conspiracy. And then your work helps me see that that's all bullshit. And I'm like, thank you. Uh, good, good. I fell into a lot of the doom porn earlier on as well. Uh, back in 2014, I think, I was reading Zero Hedge every day. I was reading hours of Zero Hedge and Godlike Productions and I really believe that we were on the cusp of, of a big war and all this kind of crap. And, uh, like, it didn't kill me, but it wasn't good for me. You know what I mean? It definitely wasn't good for me. And, and if I could go back and, you know, do all of that differently, I definitely would. So the idea that the work that I'm doing is helping some other people to reconsider, reconsider their own thoughts and see that there's not so much to be afraid of, that's a wonderful thing. So thank you, Kazooie. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Nathan Oakley says, is everybody in the chat sub to the channel? Thank you, Nathan. That is a very good point. If you're new to the channel, it is worth pressing the subscribe button. Nathan is uh, good at what he does. He always points out you should do that. So go and press the subscribe button on the channel if you want to be alerted next time I do something like this. Again, the best thing to do, though, is that mailing list. So uh, I'll put a link in the info box below. And like I said, it'll take you 30 seconds to sign up. And what the benefit will be that if you're not currently a member of johnthebond.com, you'll get access to member podcasts as I release them, just to the mailing list. And if you are already a member of johnthebond.com, it's still worth being a, a, on the mailing list because every time I release a new member article or a new member podcast, I can let you know via the, uh, the monthly or the fortnightly if I get more active um, mailing list mail-outs. So definitely check out the mailing list. It's the most important thing. And uh, the War Hoax page with a ton of free material waiting for you right now. But I think it is time to wrap this one up. So on the 8th of January, we started on the 7th of January, 2020. I'm going to read a couple more comments. And uh, so get your comments through right now. I'll quickly recap what we've looked at today. Let's do that right now. We looked at the uh, George Bush joking about war in two different clips. They know it's a joke. The whole thing's a joke. <clears throat> Pardon me. We looked at the footage of nuclear testing, which to me is just fake. It's just obviously fake. I made the point that if you look at the footage from Terminator 2, it looks just like the footage from, from real nuclear testing. And the reason for that is exposed, I think, by the behind the scenes of Terminator 2, where they show us how they fake this stuff. We took a look at the, uh, the clip with Dave J explaining that, yes, people get hurt when they're going to a war, but they're not actually at war. They're just getting injured or, or harmed, just like in any construction job. You know, it doesn't mean that they're uh, going to war. We looked at the crazy coincidence of the Fran- uh, Franz Ferdinand uh, car, the, A-dub- uh, the AIIII-118, 
which supposedly started World War One, and has eerie parallels or comical parallels, I suppose, with this Suleimani hoax. We, oh, I, I didn't show you this, guys. It's not just the images of the Franz Ferdinand car. You can see video footage of it as well. well look at all these people filming this uh, prop. Yeah, taking photos of the car, the prop car. We took a look at the Suleimani uh, footage, the, the supposed wreckage, obviously nonsense. V2 rockets, which if you know that the Apollo missions were a hoax, realizing the V2s are a hoax shouldn't be too difficult. Then we took a look at some uh, North Korea parade uh, footage, and I'm saying that their missiles there are props as well. And then we looked at some media fakery, some footage analysis of these fake rocket attacks. And then I mentioned the mailing list once again, which is very important. So check the links in the info box below. Get your final comments in right now. We'll wrap it up. I think I've done pretty good. Not too far over two hours. Let's take a look. IPS Black Wrench Bot says, thanks. Thank you very much, IPS, for the work that you're doing. And, uh, yeah, I've benefited from the last couple of weeks of going through your back catalog. And I'll be going through more over the next few weeks. I've got a lot to catch up on, obviously. So a big thanks to yourself. For those of you who aren't aware, IPS and I had an interview a couple of weeks ago. And you can access that at the IPS Patreon or on johnthebond.com as a member. Terrific chat. I really enjoyed it. Morgan Ellis gives a thumbs up. Thank you, Morgan. And Thirst for Truth says, thanks for the presentation, JLB. I think that'll do, uh, that'll do it, guys. So thank you for bearing with me. I've stumbled over my words a lot. My voice has gone a little bit, but I've done my best. And uh, hopefully this presentation has been worthwhile. I think it has been. I've enjoyed it. Hope you've enjoyed it as well. Let's end it there. John the Bond from johnthebond.com coming to you from Hanoi at the end of six months in beautiful Vietnam. Wow, what an amazing country. I've really enjoyed it. Next, off to Thailand. The next time you see me, that's where I'll be. And, uh, yeah, thanks to all the members of johnthebond.com who make this possible. Let's just bring them up on screen right now. All of these people, the super agents, and all of the full members make all of this possible with their support. Very much appreciated. More than 170 hours of exclusive content waiting for you at johnthebond.com right now. If you want to check it out, and you can join as a member for as little as $9.11 as a MOOC member, and you'll get instant access to 50 hours of exclusive content. So go and check out the membership options as well if you are that way inclined. But we'll wrap it up. John LeBond from Hanoi. And uh, let me get my finger on the end stream button. Until next time, remember, no more monkey business.